you're different than me in this. You're a little more, uh, hey, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. I'm done. Yeah, you're I like, I don't believe in God. Right. I'm done. I, so I don't have that. I, I, well, but that's just because I don't like to commit to opinions or anything ever, and I'm just kind of lazy. Yeah. Uh, my take is more. I, I like. I don't view it as right or wrong. It just doesn't suit me. Like it's just something I don't like. So like I, I'm not even saying it's wrong. It just it works well for other people. I think there's a built-in reward structure that like it just serves other people well. And at, for, I don't know. I don't want to start any blasphemous rumors, but I think that God's got a sixth sense of humor. And when I die, I expect to find him laughing. I don't want to start any blasphemous rumors, but I think that God's got a sixth sense of humor. And when I die, I expect to find Hello, ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? Welcome to Ari Shaver's Get Me Thank. On today's episode, I forgot what number it is, 271? 271-ish? Um, losing my religion. Okay, here's the deal. I was, the other day, I was in a coffee shop, late night diner, some people at the from comedy clubs. Jesus, another cop fucking beating up another... Oh, this kid's 12. He's happy to get arrested. He's smiling. This kid doesn't give a shit. Um, anyway. Um, so I was in this coffee shop, diner. Good diner, by the way. Right around the corner from, uh, I guess, on, on Lex or something. 24 hours. Right near another diner, but it's all like French. It's really good food. Well, I'm not doing a great job of telling you what it is. Um, anyway, so I ordered. It was me, Dave Smith, uh, Robbie Bernstein, um, somebody else too. I forget who else. But the point is this. Robbie Bernstein still somehow keeps kosher. And I ordered um, some duck rolls for the table. Two things of duck rolls. And everyone was eating him, and Robbie wouldn't. And he doesn't eat full kosher. He just eats semi-kosher. And he goes, no, I don't eat not kosher meat. What he's doing is he's swaying. He's right now leaving religion. He was religious. He was raised just like me, like just like me. Orthodox. Went to yeshiva. It's like a seminary type, like study all day. Went to yeshiva in Israel. Um... On top of Yeshiva here. It's like it's like this track that I was completely on. And he is exactly where I was when I was leaving, when I was on my way out. When I was in between Yeshiva University and University of Maryland, when I finally realized I didn't believe in any of this stuff and I got out, he's there right now. He's trying to figure it out. When I spent probably another two years being agnostic, maybe even three or four years being agnostic, where I didn't want to face the fact that there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. There's there's nothing else in my life that I'll accept as a possibility with zero proof for. You know? Like there's no proof for it ever? No, none. So then why are we even discussing it? What what, what? There's nothing else you would discuss with zero proof. It, only the only proof you have is so many people are into it. That, that's not enough. 
So I eventually I realized, and I was like, oh, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in that. And I'm not like an atheist. I spent a few years being atheist, like angry. Like, how could you believe that? And now I'm an atheist of like, no, obviously it's not true. Like, who, who cares what you say? You know, like, I don't, I don't yell at people who still think wrestling is real. It's just like, I mean, that's not. Whatever, go believe it if you want. I don't, I don't care. Or I'm just not going to get into a discussion about it. I'm not going to, in the middle of a discussion about the UFC, and somebody else goes, well, I've seen better moves than that. I saw this uh, suplex by Randy Orton that was pretty great. I'd be like, wait, what? Get, get out of here. I'm not going to fight with you about whether it's real or not. It's just like, you're not part of the discussion. So anyway, he wouldn't eat these duck rolls, and it got me mad, and I started demeaning him. I started demeaning, not not him, more more his like faith. I'm like, you know you don't believe in this. You know you don't believe in it. So just get rid of it, man. Just be done already. And he was getting uncomfortable. But right then I realized, like, let's do a podcast about it. Because he's leaving it right now. He's leaving it right now. And uh, it's almost like a time and place thing. Like a, like a, what's that word where you take something and you bury it and they're supposed to find it 80 years later? Time capsule. Um. Anyway, fun podcast. Robbie Bernstein's a cool guy. Um. I guess I've known him half his comedy career. I came here three and a half years ago. He was just coming around right then. So he's probably three years in right then. Um, everybody likes him. You guys will like him too. Um, for a couple of dates, I have July 20th in, the, in New York. I have a This Is Not Happening show. July 20th in New York at the Village Underground. Come. I'm going to keep the lineup a secret. Mostly because it's only half done so far. But um, um, come. Get tickets right now. 20 bucks. Last one I'll do here until at least September, maybe until a lot longer than that. I'll probably do one in September when I get home, late September, early October. But it's definitely the last one until then. So come on out, bring friends. They're fun. Those storyteller shows, they're fun. They're not being recorded. They're just they're just live. Um, this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. Everybody, I've been cooking more of these meals, these Blue Apron meals. They're great. Go to blueapron.com/skeptictank. Um, it's just, it's a fun way to cook. They, they deliver you the exact types of food. Oh, I found out what foods I, I made. Fucking cod. What did I have? It's in here. Here it is. Sweet chili chicken with Tinkerbell peppers, green beans, and coconut rice. I made fucking coconut rice. I even got a skillet. Fried chicken and kale slaw. Made that. It was delicious. Now I know how to make kale. So you guys... Once you start making this shit, so now I understand you need vinegar to, uh, to bind, I'm starting to understand, to bind whatever dressing. Like if you put mayonnaise on kale as like a dressing, you need some vinegar in there. And flavor vinegar is better, for sure. But uh, the vinegar will bind, I, I don't know exactly. I, I'll compare it to this. I didn't know how to roll joints until I got a joint roller. One of those raw joint rollers. And once I got that, I could see the fucking mechanics behind rolling it. And I still can't roll on my own, but once I'm in a dollar bill, it mimics the fucking joint roller, and I can do it. Spice shrimp and pearl couscous. I made goddamn couscous, you guys. Fucking couscous to the couscous. Sp- okay, empanadas de pecadillo. Oh, David Taylor will make that when he stays here. All right, uh, so... Um, go to blueapron.com slash skeptic tank. Uh, you get, what do you get? You get some free stuff. Oh, here you go. First three meals free. 
one, two, three meals that are completely free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash skeptic. Yeah, they give you all the stuff they do. Like they deliver stuff. It comes in a box that'll sit outside for I don't know how many hours, 10, 15, 90. Um, and it's just everything you need in there with some ice packs in there to keep it cold. And then you just put it in your fridge. Everything, step-by-step directions. It's a good sponsor. I've gotten into cooking now. I'm fucking Chris Italia. like, why don't you just go to the supermarket and buy stuff? Because I don't. I don't. And I never will. Obviously, I'm not going to because I never have. Anyway, blueapron.com slash skeptic tank. Um, all right, shall we start the episode? I don't think there's any other dates I have, you know? Just uh, that Dublin show, which is pretty much almost already sold out, which is on uh, uh, August 3rd. Uh, I have on the August, I mean, July 21st, I have a colonoscopy uh, to check out my bloody rectum to make sure it's not cancerous and it's just the way I eat um, so Dublin on the 3rd and then does it say where nope uh, go to ariathegreat.com for tickets Edinburgh Fringe from August 4th till the 28th ariathegreat.com for tickets I'm at the Hive every day at 6.30pm make sure to come if you know any people in the UK who are going to the Fringe fucking come to that and then by the way, just added, got some Scandinavia dates. Norway, Iceland, Denmark. Also, I think London, England. I think. Not finished yet, but I think. Um, I know that's not Scandinavia. All right, you guys. Let's start the episode, right? Is there anything else to say? I don't think so. I don't think so. Boom, let's start. Ari Shavir Skeptic Tank, episode 271, probably. Um, Losing My Religion with Robbie Bernstein begins. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Last thing. Shroomfest is this, this weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Shroomfest. Get shrooms. Do them. If you want to know how to do mushrooms, Google Shroomfest Primer. Shroomfest Primer. Google that. I wrote a whole how-to on how to do mushrooms, how to find them, how much to pay, how to do them, what you should expect, the pros and cons. It's very in-depth, and I'm telling you, it'll get you through every question you've had. So Shroomfest Primer. Okay, let's start. 271. Starts now. Obviously, I'm going to use this song, you guys. Obviously, I'm going to use this song. The name of the episode is Losing My Religion. Obviously, I'm going to use this song. Well, it's, Yes, I know. I'm going to use it. That's me in the corner. I love smartphones. It's not that. So then why are you using a shitty flip phone? Not shitty. It's top of the line. You My bad. This. You <laughs> this. You're an upper class, middle class Jew, right? And you had this. You mean the top of the line of the flip phones from five years you ago? what that's called? No, I didn't remember the names to these when I had them. You had it? I think I had that exact phone. I took the label off so you didn't show what it is. Do you remember? No. Gal- uh, gravity. Does that ring a bell? No, but I the think... Gravity I, doesn't ring a bell? No, but I do think I had that exact phone. 
Yeah, the keys are way too small. Italian <laughs> use it. He was showing me a use tech, but it's like I have much smaller fingers. That wasn't a problem. All right. Also, you're probably more used to it then. When I was using it, sure. Yeah, I'm. I think I got used to it. I've only had it for a day. Dude, I finally upgraded. I was very. I'm like an anti-technology guy, kind of, and yeah. I did not want to upgrade to smartphones. And I had my one and only girlfriend at the time, and she kept telling me like, "You got to get a smartphone. That way we can video chat." And so in my head, you're I was like, like, "What's the benefit of that? I don't. Why would I want to see your face?" <laughs> and you're like, "You're missing a whole boat there." No, no. So <laughs> like in my head, I was like, "Oh, this is great. I'm gonna get to see her naked. Oh, like, yeah. obviously, she's gonna put on shows for me." And then it just became me looking at her while having a conversation. Oh, what's that? Oh, shit. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, now I can't like not really be paying attention to you when I'm on the phone. <laughs> that totally backfired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not the way to do it. No. Because she was a rambler. Like, I would literally just kind of put down the phone, Turn go out. about my business. Yeah. <laughs> and you could not do that anymore with the smartphone oh. looking right at them. Oh, plus, you got to hold it the whole time. I think you just kind of put it down on, on the desk or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I'm on speakerphone. I had to keep my hands free for... It's the best you can actually hear somebody typing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just so clearly ignoring them. Yeah. My agent, once in a while, I can hear... Not typing, but I can hear, like, ignoring. Like, right. you're reading something. Do you have I've a, never called him on it yet, but I'm going to soon. <laughs> Do you have a high-profile guy? What does that mean? Like a guy with much bigger clients that you would oh, be yeah, a person yeah, yeah, to yeah, ignore. Yeah. Yeah, he works at a massive company now. Right. I used to be, I guess, upper, like, I don't know how many people he had before. Maybe he had 15 before. I'd say maybe 20. I don't really know everybody he had. But I was probably like, if he had 20, I was top five. Right. Which is not the best, but, you know, up there. But other two or, two or three of the other ones were probably right around where I am, just a little bit better. So we're all, like, compatible. Who's the biggest? Are you allowed to say that? Um. I don't, let me think. No, I could say it. I mean, he's had different, bigger people in the past. Um, but then he moved to CAA when all those people like uh, jump ship from CAA. Do you ever hear about that? This is way over my pay grade. Oh. Yeah. This whatever. is a real showbiz talk. If it didn't happen in the open mic scene, I don't know it, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big like middle of the night exodus from CAA. You've heard of CAA? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so middle of the night, this guy, this one guy, fuck, I forgot his name. Nick Nusiforo. Sounds like a dope name. Yeah. They should make a movie about this. I tried to get him on my podcast to talk about this, but right. he was like, no way legally I can talk about any of this. That sounds like, uh, what was the Kevin Spacey movie with the made up name the whole time? What was the it? Usual Suspects? The Usual Suspects. That's the, that sounds like that Kaiser Sose. Kaiser Sose. That's what Nick that Nick name Nusiforo. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So middle of the night, he planned this thing. He got like 10 high level comedy agents in theatrical and personal appearance and stuff. Right. And then they just took their shit out at like midnight and they left. And the next day, they had all their clients like come with us to UTA maybe, which is another big company. And then they were just gone. They didn't tell anybody. They just took these deals. And now UTA became like this big power player. And CAA was left like wondering what they're going to do. Did, um, and did all that... these clients had to be like, who are you going with? I remember everybody talking, like, who are you going with? And like Morgan Murphy's like, are you affected by this? I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm with some small agency. <laughs> I don't do shit. Did that backfire on anyone in the end? What do you mean? Like, did the, some on of the, the people agents? who switched just end up like banned from the industry or the people like, or no. was it smooth? No. And then I think William Morris, this part I'm making up, I don't know who it is. Some, well, another one of them is William Morris. Maybe that's management. No, no, that's agency too. 
I never knew which one's agents, which one's managers. I'm like, I was like you until like a year ago. Okay. I didn't know what, who did what. I just right. know there are companies that weren't interested. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so I think William Morris then sent all this stuff to um, UTA saying, Congrats- congratulations, you're so great. Or maybe they sent like a burnout note to CAA. I don't know. I don't like, even know oh, what a burnout hey, note is. Just like, ha, ha, ha. How oh, is that like feel? a fuck you? Yeah. No, it's not an official thing. Oh, okay. Burn out. No, I'm just. I thought right that now. was like. A- <laughs> I mean, imagine if you lost your girlfriend and I sent you like, "How's it feel to be lonely, motherfucker?" That's a burnout note. Oh, I should just be familiar from, of that from life. Yeah, yeah. That's like a turn of phrase. Yeah, my brother did that in uh, high school when uh, Hebrew Academy beat Jewish Day School, <laughs> and he sent. Uh, he, he gave me burnout notes for everybody the right. next day. <laughs> Can I just was- say how pathetic is it? The importance of what Jew sports were you when you were in high school? So important. And it's not a real thing. Like I played. I played Jew hockey. We played floor hockey, and that was a really competitive thing that we thought was important and we cared about. Important, Yeah. Not just that, but there was even that same traditional cool jock structure of who was good at that sport existed in our high school of like, oh, that guy's great at floor hockey. He's yeah. cool. And then you leave that world and you're like, this is not a thing. This First isn't all, even a sport. <laughs> floor hockey is not even a sport. No. <laughs> <laughs> just something you do because you can't play hockey. Yeah. That the only people doing that are Jews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good Shabbos game. I guess it, not. It, whatever. What? I don't feel like we played it so much because the hockey sticks and carrying and all that nonsense. Where'd you grow up? What neighborhood? Um, Connecticut. Oh, I feel yeah, like we so, played so more you had, like, streets that you could like play on, right? Yeah, but I, I guess we played more baseball and oh. basketball. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, is a big that one was for more. What was going on? Anything not Muxa was like, yeah, you go ahead and play. Yeah, until until the 13, and then they started cracking down on your Saturday sport playing. Oh, they start cracking down on my Saturday sport probably, probably 15, 16, where they're like, listen, listen, technically you're not breaking any rules, right? It was like a Right, yeah. But like, you shouldn't be doing this. Right, they're just anti-fun. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. But then, what, I guess for us, it was more 13, it was like, hey, you can't be doing that. And then 16, 17, it creeped back in, but we were kind of private about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. From what I remember. I remember I mean, yeah, I remember after, it was just like a few rebellion. We're like, come in, come on. Or a father or two. Right. I think it was a father thing. It's like, so what do you want us to do, just read? Yeah. You want us to read a Michael Crichton book? That's better? Who reads? And I don't even know who Michael Creighton is. <laughs> oh, he was big when I was in the in the pass around books of my day. It uh, sounds horrible. So you grew up in internet time, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was like early AOL. I grew up with porn. Oh, like that's been a part of my life since I'm eleven or twelve. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. No, I know that's horrible for your brain. Like, if there's anything that's wrong with my brain, it's just the amount of porn I've consumed over the course of a lifetime. It's disgusting. Plus, when you're 11 or 12 and like thinking like, wow, Samantha's cute. Then it's like, yeah, but I see hardcore penetration two-on-ones. So, what porn wasn't that then. What porn was, you could just go to an infinite amount of sites and look through the pictures on pictures. the free. Oh, okay. It was like the free trial pictures. But what was particularly weird then, from what I remember, I was not jerking off. I was just looking at porn. Really? It was just like, no one's in the house. The internet's there. I'm just going to look at porn. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I did that with like Sears catalogs and stuff. That sounds way less cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just bra shit. Right. Or, or Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And you know, I was like, whoa, she's hot. <laughs> and then later, like, oh, if I touch my dick, it reacts a certain <laughs> way. It makes it a very good The grand feeling. discovery. Yeah. No, actually, I knew what jerking off was. I don't think I combined it with thoughts of sexuality until way later. 
Okay. I would just like rub until I came. Right. And then I would later I was like, oh, if I think about women while I do this. <laughs> Wait, so jerking off nothing. was its own just, hey, I could play with my penis without any thoughts of sex? Now that I think about it, yeah. That's it, so It's almost weird. like if you have an itch, you just, but you don't think about like, oh, yeah, women on a lot. You just scratch your arm. There's something really weird about that. Like, this is just a toy. It's like fun to play with. Get nothing to do with sex. Yeah. Dude, I would, I mean, I don't know if, how you would, but I, I was masturbating before I came. So I had the opposite. I like this. I mean, this talk about twisted Jew thought at one point, I remember like in high school, I was like, oh, I should try jerking off. I probably can't even come. It won't be like a sin. And yeah. then I was like, oh, I guess I can come. And, this is, <laughs> and not just that, but this is great. <laughs> <laughs> How old in high school? Yeah, it was like 14. I remember it was in, it was definitely in high school. Wow. Do you remember those early cums were like peeing early cums, hurt? Early cums. What? <laughs> Is that not the way to put that? I guess so. I don't when know. When peeing just killed afterwards. It hurt? I remember that of like the early, early nuts. I guess you're clearing something out of your tubes or making some room. Chlamydia. From being 13? No. no. <laughs> you could have sold me on that, by the way. I did have chlamydia once and, uh, and, um, man, it burns. Not hard, but just a little. It was like warm when you pee. Uh, wait. No I'm kidding, <laughs> but not just like once. I mean, like for like two weeks straight, right? And then I was like, no, I guess it's good. I didn't know what it was. I was like, I guess I just, I'm just warm when I pee now. I'm getting older. I love your joke on that, like the finding the head vampire. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Well, the better line is the other. I don't need to be quoting your act, but the the good news, bad news. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying to do bits about like normalizing um, STDs. You mean there should be no shame? Well, it's just be like, hey, guys. The percentages are, like, I don't have herpes, but, like, a lot of people have herpes. Right. If it's one in four, if that's the stats, or one in five, right. 20 or 25%. And then it's like, you're talking about, that's, I don't know if that's everybody or just sexually active people, but everyone in a comedy club is sexually active, you know? Right. So then it's like, all right, this isn't that rare. That means when somebody makes a herpes jokes, a bunch of the audience kind of goes, uh, <laughs> you know, the room kind of has to pretend to laugh. It should just be like my friend Dan said, um, if everyone just got it, then there'd be no stigma about it. Except that it just looks so gross when someone has an outbreak. It's almost like acne. It's like we've all had acne, but still when someone has really bad acne, you ever seen an outbreak. I mean, I've seen, yeah, I've seen adults who have like a, on their mouth. I've never seen someone's dick when it was an outbreak, yeah. but I've seen the mouth one and it's visually kind of, gross yeah yeah i've never gotten the mouth stuff either i might david taylor said i might be immune to it because because um i think they say a lot of people have it and carry it they just never have like an outbreak you can't you can't transmit it or or show Mm -hmm. any signs no i just think some of us are better immune systems so you never like actually have the outbreaks must be because i've hooked up with women who had herpes I when hooked I hooked up with, up with them, <laughs> I once had sex with a woman with her, but we used a condom. But like, wait, was she having an outbreak? No, though? she said she had an outbreak in like six or seven years at a time. Yeah, I think that's kosher. Yeah, <laughs> I, I used to have a joke about that. I might have done that in a special. I think I did, but she was like, uh, I was like, she didn't tell me until after she had sex, um, which is really wrong. And by after we had sex, I mean like she told me like right before we had sex. <laughs> so there's no way I could stop. <laughs> right. That's basically the same thing yeah. at that point. Yeah, I was back thrusting, ready to, and she was yeah. like, I've heard it was like, wow, this is already happening. Right. That's something you got to say like before, like on the first drink. Yeah, way before you even start getting naked. No, that's like before a second drink, <laughs> yeah. because at the second drink, you're already in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, before we get drunk, you right. should know, I've got herpes. 
And like, okay. Before, right when somebody goes to the bathroom. Hey, I go to the bathroom. Uh, yeah, definitely get me that uh, a Brooklyn lager. But before I go, uh, ponder this over. <laughs> I got All right, deal. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> now, what's sad is I would stick around. <laughs> yeah. Be like, well, let me think what that means. Right. How many times have you had sex? How many? Uh, I don't know. It's not that many, but I don't really keep count. No, how many women? Oh, how many? I mean, it's the same amount so, of not keeping count. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At some point, I guess I'll keep count too. I mean, I would. The number would be more depressing than it would be. Like, I'd just rather not know for that reason. Yeah. You know, I don't need to see that stat. Yeah. Also, when I had chlamydia, that's the thing. When I had chlamydia, I mean, I thought it was the end of my life. I was like, I'm a terrible person. This is wrong. I'm never real. And then it's like, then you, you finally do the research. Like, it just goes away completely in a week and a half. You just get some penicillin. Yeah. But it's like, oh no, no. And all these people have all these other things. Right. There's tons of shit. Well, I think they're really bad. The hep C, AIDS. Yeah, AIDS. Well, I mean, nobody really gets AIDS. You got to work pretty hard to get AIDS now. Nobody gets AIDS. Really got to go out looking for it. Really got to be lo- bug chasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that's a thing. Bug chasers. So you grew up in Connecticut? What neighbor? Where'd you go to school? Do I know it? No, I went to, um, I started off at Bicultural Day School. Yeah. That's like the local Jewish school. Then I went to Yeshiva University High School. Is that connected to Yeshiva University? Yeah, I was on campus. I'm pretty sure, we were oh, probably really? there at the same time, if I think about it. Because I was there, high school, I guess I graduated 2006. I was there 2002 to 2006. Mm-mm. No. No. Wait, oh, maybe. No, no, no. Wait. Because you were there for Golan, and I was there when they opened Golan. What's Golan? That's the, the like, Mediterranean place with the good shawarma. Was I there for Golan? Me and you once had a conversation about Golan. As much as you champion weed, you might want to tone it down Dude, a I little bit. I tone it down, but it's hard. It's still <laughs> residual effects. We literally have had a conversation about that restaurant. The Mediterranean place right near the ne- campus? Next to the pizza place on campus. Great food, by the way. I get moments where I can remember things and then moments of not clarity. What's great is I want to know at the moment, like when you're just spacing out and that comes back to you like, right, I did like that place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best when you have a full conversation, like, oh, have you ever tried that pizza place? And people are like, yeah, we had a full conversation about this. <laughs> and then you're like, instead of going, oh, right, you go, really? Right. That's part of why I don't smoke pot anymore is I'm so forgetful without it that yeah. like I just can't forgive myself for smoking. I also just woke up. Right, fair point. Sort and you don't drink point. coffee. And I don't drink coffee, so my brain is a little bit still. Why like, are you not on the coffee game? Uh, it tastes like assholes. Okay. It's an acquired taste. And yeah. the reason to acquire is so you can get addicted to a drug. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that I should acquire a taste so that but I get addicted But that's like everything, to. man. Pot was like that the first time you smoked it. You weren't like, this is great. You coughed your ass off. I coughed my ass off, but like it didn't taste like... Blah, blah. I, this is weird. I remember the first time I had coffee was high school, and I remember like there was something gross, but also something great at the same time. Like it, like I don't know. I can't explain that. Where it kind of made me gag, but at the same time, I was like, this coffee? is awesome. I feel like coffee is one of those things when you do it at the first time, 16, 17, 15, 20, whatever it is, you feel like an adult. Just so that's instantly. Doing, like, I'm an adult. This is what adults right. do. You know? And it's not like good. Kind of like when you drink like a scotch with your dad and you're like yeah I'm gonna, but it's like wah, wah. you really gotta acquire that fucking scotch taste right I love scotch too me too it's more a, rye whiskey dude I missed all kiddish <laughs> I did not understand how great kiddish was 
without yeah i mean because i didn't drink scotch as a kid you know and right. they all like they had their scotch clubs and their i don't know the hair you know eat herring and and drink scotch and like try this and you're like why are you guys drinking at fucking 11 a.m on a, on a saturday that's what synagogue was all about all about that i used to do when i was going to synagogue wait you don't call it synagogue do you I did. I always did that, but as a joke. Oh, okay. Like, uh, um, but I used to do so much drinking at synagogue. I used to show up at eight a.m. First thing I did. <laughs> That's so stupid. First thing I did when I yeah. got there, like I walked in, and what was cool about our setup was I had like a back room that was it was basically a door into it. So me and my friends would kind of hang out in there. I'd show up at let's say services start at eight. I start at eight fifteen. I hang out from eight fifteen to eight thirty. You call it services and synagogue? I'm trying to keep this uh, dope for your listeners. No, keep them on board. realistic. Call it what you would normally call <laughs> I it. I feel like that's my lingo at this point. I'm not even dumbing it down. Oh, really? That's just the way... It... You've never said temple, have you? No, I haven't gotten on board with that, <laughs> that term yet. That one's like a super conservative way. Right. What would be the better word for services? Minion. Minion. All right, fine. So I'd show up to Minion yeah. at whatever time. I swear to God, I used to do this for years. The first thing I did, I'd go upstairs and I'd drink beers with the janitor. What? Me and the janitor were best friends. I went to his house for Super Bowl parties. Well, were you checking next to your dad? And I would then go to the bathroom. Basically, I'd go upstairs. I'd have beers with the janitor. We'd eat the morning kiddish. Like I would make kiddish for me and him. I'd eat some <laughs> of like the brownies and stuff they were going to put out later. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's. I, I don't know if church does like food afterwards, but that's like a big part of Saturday services. I feel like in church. From the movies I've seen, right? Been. They all leave, say goodbye to the reverend, and then just take off, right? I think they brunch. I think they're like brunch. There? Don't they go home or, or on the way home? Don't no, they stop some, at like yeah restaurant and stuff? I think that's the move. Cracker Barrel, yeah. Cracker Barrel Sundays. They have a. I don't know what it's like. Cracker Barrel, but and it's like a southern thing. Yeah. Waffle House, maybe. I think <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Low. They sit down with the family. They have yeah, a meal. yeah, yeah, yeah. Synagogue. Yeah. We party right then and there. Right there. The second it's over. So we're not gonna do lunch till about one thirty-two. Exactly. So I used to have beers with the janitor. Then I'd go back to services, then like um, Haftorah, that's kind of like the seventh inning stretch of Jew services. So people go outside, they pound some, some scotch. And what's crazy, about, amazing. what's crazy about drinking scotch like from the young age in synagogue is, uh, firstly, I'm done with single malt. People are first finding like single malt now. It's becoming more You're of a- You're done with single malt? I don't like single malt anymore. What do you go, blended like Crown? No, I like, um, I like rye whiskeys a lot. Bullet, bullet rye? Bullet rye, that's bullet rye, a staple. Got, dude, bullet rye, even though it's not scotch. It yes. got me into rise. Just whiskeys in general. Okay. Because they, I think Sam Morrill and uh, Morrell, whatever, and uh, and uh, Norman were having it at the cellar, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'll have one of those." Bullet Rye on the rocks, you know, just because everyone's drinking, and it's cool to drink at the cellar. Yes. With everybody, you know, especially if I, the management, quote unquote, is gone, so you can actually sit at the table with everybody and not feel like an asshole. Wait, you got to be at the level now where you're allowed to do that. I'm a regular now. Right. But yeah. even before you were a regular, you didn't feel comfortable hanging at that table? Well, first of all, most of those people, I don't, I didn't, especially that, I didn't know when I was Oh, okay. There. Right. Like the Kevin Brennans of the world and, the, right. and all those people, like, I, I know kind of who they are. Right. Or all the, all the regulars that have been passed that I'm, I just don't know. Right. Like if I just moved here right now, I wouldn't know who Lisa Trago was. Right. Or, or Drew Michaels. It's you funny. Know? I so still sit there. I'm like uh, uncomfortable. Goodbye. I still don't know these people. Can yeah. I tell you, I once I, I mean, I'm not. I would go outside and smoke with Jay. When I 
I'm pretty friendly with like Mark Norman, Joe List, Sam. So sometimes like all those people would be on the shows one night and it was late at night. Yeah. So if I went, I could hang it. They would invite me. I'd hang with them at the back table. Yeah. I remember once I was with like the three of them and David Tell and then all at the same time, everyone left and I'm just sitting at the table with David Tell, <laughs> which is incredibly awkward. And Dave looks at me and goes, I think you should go watch the show. <laughs> you should go watch the show. He's like, yeah, why don't you go watch their sets? Like, <laughs> great. What a child he treated you like. And why don't you go downstairs? My I mean, he wasn't being a jerk or anything, yeah. but uh, what we were talking about scotch. Yeah, I've drinking so much of it, like expensive scotch. Going, I've just kind of grown out of it. Oh. But um, yeah, I'm all about the rye whiskeys. The other one that's great is Redemption Rye. I Redemption? recommend that. But then I also like bourbons, and then I'm also just an alcoholic, so I'll drink anything. Right. But ideally, I'm definitely all about the ryes. What were we talking about? Kiddish. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, dude, I mean, Saturdays used to be my drinking day. Yeah. Until I was doing check spots at LOL, showing up hungover, and I was like, all right, no more drinking on Saturdays. You do hungover at night? No, because I used to be drinking, like Saturdays were my drinking day, and I'd be drinking from like- On Saturday night. From 8 a.m. Yeah, from like 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. passing out till 6 and then coming into the city to do spots. And I remember like just being tired on Saturday nights. I was like, all right, no more drinking on Saturdays. This isn't worth it. Yeah. But we used to- Would you wait till after Shabbos to come in? Um, for a while, yes, and then no. I, I don't remember a specific timeline, but, but at some if, point when I you start stopped. comedy, you like can't leave till after Shabbos. Yeah, and there's a, there's a podcast actually that I did of Legion, terrible episode, yeah. <laughs> but I was the guest, and we were at the time we were talking about how I would not do Fridays or Saturdays. Yeah, so you could see that progression really? from then to now. But how long ago was that? That's got to be two when or three years back. Legion is not more than five years old, is it? I mean, this was like an early episode. This was before they were doing it downstairs. Even it oh, was, yeah. it was, it did not have the vibe that up it does in the main now. Room? It was up in the main room at the creek. I like that up in the main room. And then you get a few people wandering in, go, "Oh, I heard there's a show," and it's like, "Oh, this ain't something <laughs> you're gonna be." <laughs> you don't understand what's happening. I think it's got a better vibe downstairs. Maybe, but we had one of the best Legion Skanks ever when we were talking about. Uh, it was after that dungeon guy in Cleveland. Remember him? Yes. He found out because he had like three women in his dungeon. One was there for like 15 years. Yes. And he would like rape all the women. And then they, uh, one of them had a daughter and then she got older and then he, like, he was just a weird sex slave dungeon. How odd is it that you're taking pride in the great episode you've made about that? <laughs> no, but he fed them uh, McDonald's only for their entire lives. That's, like, just got the that's like having veal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the, our whole argument was if we were um, you keep healthy. victims of that. Oh, I would. Th- I was thinking you were taking this guy's side that if you had women in your basement, you'd keep them healthy because no. you want them to look good. It would be salad. You'd put a treadmill oh, yeah, down there sure. like a hamster wheel. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you want them being having good. Yeah, that's what I would McDonald's. think. Like, why would the Mc- the McDonald's? This guy was a poor guy from Cleveland, so McDonald's was him. Was like, yeah, that's good. Anyway, right. the, the argument, the whole argument was, if you were one of those women, you could only have one food. What fast food would it be? <laughs> only one restaurant. You mean would you continue to eat McDonald's? No, you could only have one. McDonald's is on. You could do McDonald's, but you could only have one no matter what forever. McDonald's, Subway, oh. Wendy's. You see, I'm not, uh, I haven't eaten enough fast food to take place oh, yeah, in this. yeah, yeah. You were never a fast food guy. Never a fast food guy. Do you want any tea? What kind of tea are we drinking? I don't know, this nice kind. Only because it looks fancy? Yeah. Does it have caffeine? No, I don't drink caffeine. Oh, so you're, you're totally not caffeine. Yeah, well, I never drank coffee, but I would drink a lot of Coca-Cola. Right. But then um, I started losing my voice every weekend. From Coke? I'm talking. I, I talk out of, I don't know, I don't understand this, but I don't talk out of my th- stomach. I talk out of my throat. Do you understand what that means at all? No. When I yell, I people tell me, like, you're okay. yelling from your neck. I don't know. Anyway, by Saturday, 
when I started headlining and doing like hours on the road, Wednesday, Thursday, two shows Friday, by Saturday, I'd be like all hoarse and losing my voice. So all my intros and my podcasts back then when I was doing Sunday intros, right? they'd all be like, like 13 year old boy voice. Yeah. So I had to like, well, more just hoarse. So, and then I just had to like research and one of them was like, caffeine dries you out. Interesting. Like, done. I'm done with it. Instantly. Unaware of that. I guess that's a good reason to Do you want knock some of it this? off. No, I'm all right, but thanks. But I like how fancy your setup is. Your mm-hmm. your ritual is the one thing that's making me somewhat interested in trying your tea. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, yeah. Once I, yeah, you get some fucking a tea steamer, steamer, whatever this is. I, don't I mean, you're so grandma-like in your preparation. <laughs> you actually had the hot water kettle that you put up. You waited till it made the steam sound. <laughs> <laughs> you got to steep it right. Oh, you don't even know anything yet. Watch this. You cover that, let it roast for about five minutes, 225. Oh my God, I do not have the patience for anything that you just did. If that was a hallucinogen, I'd be like, you know what, you have fun with that. Hold it's on, too much effort. Here. Yeah, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> if that was ayahuasca, I'd be in. I've never done that, though. No, me neither. I really want to. I really, really want to. It's just a matter of time to go to like... Peru. Right, you got to take a whole vacation for it. Yeah, that's how I want to do it. My buddy, who I guess I won't say because uh, it's family shit um, he wants to go to like you know the jungle somewhere and, and do, do it, it right they, they have people that, I don't know if it's even doing it right because I heard a lot of like now it's just like oh white people come here to do this well it seems like it's almost been commercialized yeah it seems which like is that. so weird instead but, of like going and finding some shaman it's like oh, hello I've traveled from far to come it's just like it's now like they a, sell t-shirts afterwards it's like a Disney World almost yeah. where someone will play the character for you and dude I went in Thailand there's this uh, refugee community um, the long neck ladies, you know, with the rings. Does that actually extend their necks? Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. I mean, is it kind of sexy when you're looking at it? It is not. <laughs> it is not. But I'm is that just a cultural divide that it's not turning us on? It's one of their things. It's a sign of like power and strength and, uh. Talk about traditions you should let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long neck Karen. K-E-R-E-N. That was a, that was a tribe. And so we're like, we're going to go see them. We're like, oh, Wow. You get there and they they make shit to sell and it's like, oh, tourists come here every day, all you know? And it's like they have their village where they live in the back, but this is just like an area where you, it's just like yeah, like say commercialized. Like I wanna go out back and see the guy who's hitting his wife. I wanna see yeah. the real deal yeah. experience of what Indian long necking is. Neck through the wobble thing and come back up. Like a, <laughs> I wanna see them stretch out a neck. I didn't travel here for some commercialized yeah, I would want to see that. Oh, that sounds brutal. Let me see you put it on a baby. Let me oh. see the fucking ch- change. Oh, come. that's really gross. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I've never even heard of that. That's how uncultured weird. I am. It was weird. That was outside, uh, no, that was in the north, Chiang Mai, outside Chiang Mai. I have zero traveling. You got to live your life. Um, anyway, so what were we talking about? Oh, the Scotch stuff. Oh, I know what we were talking about. Okay, so let's, so you grew up, what school? Okay, you went to Yeshiva. No, I was gone by then already. I'm, I got it. I got it. We're back in. All, All right. right. I was gone by then already. I went to Yeshiva University. I had already. Oh, I started comedy in '99. Oh, you were out like a million years before me. Yeah, I think I was out of Yeshiva University in '96. Oh, okay, that's when I was in like second grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I wasn't Golan. Maybe I had a false memory. Yeah, there must have been something else. There, there. might have been something else there. Yeah. I mean, because there were Jews there. Yes, it's YU. <laughs> I mean, there were always Jews there. They had a great deli. Yeah, they didn't import the Jews once I got there. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you go to yeshiva? 
Yeah, I did two years in Rayshade between. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I did, I did two too. years. Two years. Rayshade, you should Yeah, I mean, it, it, they moved it to Bay Chemish when I. By the time I got there, it was There's a lot a bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's, Wait, no, it, no. Bay Chemish is pretty big though. Where's Bay Chemish? That's not a it's, settlement, is it? It's kind of in between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. It's like right in the middle. Oh, that's for sure not a settlement. Eh, it's not much of a settlement, I guess not. No settlements on the outskirts where they're like trying to push the boundaries more between Tel Aviv eh, and Jerusalem. It's not really that. Like, no, no, like it, no, no, no. It's Israel. not like a Green Line oh, claiming territory place. What was the one where they said it was for like the? Uh, it was for like the um, not Chabadniks, but the like the um, uh, Chaim. Who's the like the come back to religion ones? Breslov? No. It's the guys who are like not really affiliated, Jewish, but barely, and then they like now find the joy of Judaism again. And they said everyone people got stabbed in the when they brought uh, chicken out, somebody got stabbed with a fork in the hand because everybody went to grab it and somebody's fucking <laughs> I'm not familiar with this even a little bit. It was like the, the the fuck ups, the sinners, the ones who would like some you know, not keep all the laws. They were trying to get them back to, to religion. So they stabbed them with forks? No, it was some, but they're such animals that one of them went to reach for a piece of chicken and, and somebody just, else fucking stabbed them. Wait, is this, piece. are we talking like Talmud times? Or we're talking no, 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 no. Like when I was going to Yeshiva there. One of the Yeshivas. Um, it, was, it was a less affiliated. Okay. Anyway, yeah, they were around there too. Right. That drive from Yushalayim to Tel Aviv was so nice coming down the mountains in a double-decker bus. If you get front front right or front left of the double-decker, you see it. Do you ever do that drive? Nope. <laughs> I guess that's another thing I never did. You didn't go into Yushalayim much? Nah, I was too busy studying Talmud. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, Hunkered down so. in Beit Shemesh. And then after that, I did a year at Yeshiva University. Yeah. Then that's I right went too. One yeah, year. I did one year. Then I bounced to Queens College and still did another year at a Yeshiva there called Madrigas Adam. And what would you do? I'll explain what, what that means. So basically, every morning I went, um, I went study Talmud to like 1 or 2 p.m., and then I went to college in the afternoon. And then you went to college in the afternoon. Yeah. Five minutes. Uh, so, you d- oh, so you had to start taking college. At 2 p.m., yeah. That's how YU was. Yeah, it was the same. It was basically doing the same thing as YU, just a lot cheaper. And YU, by the way, it was 9 a.m. to... 3 p.m. Was morning? For, this is what I remember my first semester at YU, because I was yeah. still being pretty diligent about studying. Yeah. Was, um, I from what I remember... The Jewish studies program was over either at one thirty or three. It was one of the two. It must have been like one thirty, two o'clock. I remember one thirty because you had lunch. Right then, you started the night, the afternoon program at three. No, me and you did a f- different program. I did. We had like um, you I was studied in the lower in the, level. I was in the lower I, level. I studied from like nine to twelve with a partner. Then you had lunch break. Then uh, you had the actual, let's say, shear, which is I guess the lecture on what you were studying all morning yeah. for about an hour and a half. Whoa. Then you had afternoon classes. Then I used to take a dinner break from like 6 to 8. I used to go for a run, and then I'd be back studying from 8 to 10 to then start homework at like 10 o'clock. Your, your, your secular uh, homework. Yeah, at like 10 p.m. I remember I did that for the first semester, and then by second semester, I was just done with like wow. the study. Like I, I wasn't doing what they call night seder anymore, which was the evening well, restudy. Well, that's what yeshiva in Israel was. Well, at DMT, it was yeah. you wake up. You, if you can, you go get some learning in before. Right. Maybe get a partner before before um, minion in the morning. Services. Yeah. Before uh, shacharis. Yeah. What's morning? Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. You got okay. it, buddy. You're ready to hop right back into this. <laughs> <laughs> or shacharis. 
And then, but that's maybe a little bit, but generally it'd be like you do shachars, probably, you probably just go straight there actually. I might be remembering it wrong. And then if you want to go straight to breakfast, you can, or learn a little bit, then go to breakfast, then start your learning. Right. Um, no shiurim yet, or, or no, maybe it was straight to shiurim right then. Then lunch. I'm trying to think when we had partners. Dude, I was right obs- after lunch. When I was in Israel, I was obsessive about it. I mean, I basically took an hour break in the afternoon to go for a run. Yeah. And that was it. I, I was probably in that room for like 15, 16 hours a day it's just crazy. studying. It's crazy. Yeah, but so I, 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 there are factors that compelled that. So the first was just being, you were told, hey, this is the most important thing in the entire world. And that's pretty rare to ever have in your human experience to feel like you're actually doing something important. I will tell you this, based on what you just said, I got terrible grades in high school. My GPA in high school was a two one seven, right? Which is a C C plus student um, overall, including the easy classes. The, right, it was an easy A, like like Navi or something. Um, in yeshiva in BMT was the first time I succeeded in any sort of right. learning environment where they're like, you don't. It doesn't matter if you just sit here, you will do great. Right, you will you will get our accolades. Right. Just sit here. So I'll do you one better. Yeah. I got thrown out of high school for smoking pot and drinking. Whoa. So I was like trouble kid. And then I'm there and you're like, hey, there's my top Talmud. Wow. Studying all day. And you were like, this is great. I Everyone feel good. loves me. <laughs> and then more than that, I will say, because I never opened up a book in my whole life. Yeah. So I kind of enjoyed... Um, having something, I guess, for your, my brain to think about. I kind of, like now as an adult, I read other things, but I, do, I did kind of enjoy having like that intellectual stimulus. Yeah, the stimuli. Dude, the, the people, I mean, ask me now, it's like, was that a waste? I mean, you're just a comic now. No. What, what a waste it was. But what I got from Gemara, it was all Gemara. Right. I mean, not all, but 80% Gemara, Talmud. Yeah. Um, was, it's all logic-based. Yeah. It's all like, if this, then what? And so, in terms of like SATs, were already studied for back then. But like, in terms of like uh, what you can apply it to, like analyzing the world, right. even like literature later in college, but definitely in stand up, where it's like I have to like think of something, like how what's my views on this? You can just it's all based in this logic that you learned for two years, right? Two and a half, really, right? It's also it, the logic has a very cool structure to it because what people don't realize is you literally sit there with another person, you just argue with them about what you're trying to understand. There's no other like thing that you'll ever study that that's engaging. And you argue about what the rib- what? elder rabbis argued right. about, you know, a thousand years before. Right. So I guess yeah, there's that connected feeling. And then the other thing that's interesting about it, which isn't true of anything else that you'll ever study, yeah. is that in trying to, I guess, like I'll just give an ex- like the conversation can be about whether or not milk in a pod is considered dairy. Let's just say people can wrap their head around it. Milk in a pod where the, where the milk yeah, where can't the, get out. I guess. I don't know. Like I'm an just, ice cube instead of water in the middle. Not what, I mean, one of those I'm just saying something cubes. that's complete fiction. Yeah, I, but this is what you argue over. Yeah, but what's interesting about it is as you continue to study, you keep on opening up like these new windows of logic that like someone else comments on something and it totally changes the frame of what you were even trying to understand. And then you read something else and it completely changes the so picture. So you gotta go back and have the argument again. Yeah, there's nothing else that you could study that's kind of engaging that way. Now, now if I go back and I try and read it, it's so technical. You're like, this is the most boring thing I've ever looked at. But when you don't have television or any of that other shit, it can, it can be engaging in its own way. Well, it's like way. maybe the, the argument about uh, uh, you find a piece of meat on the street uh, but the, and there's like how many kosher restaurants versus non-kosher restaurants. And uh, whether or not you're allowed to one. eat that piece of meat. Or like they say somebody accidentally drops a piece of ham. Or just non-kosher meat. Right. Which, which is all the same, by the way. Unshechted meat and ham. 
if I remember correctly. Oh, it, you mean it's one and the same from it's a kosher? Yeah, kosher. Would, probably. It's just not kosher. There's no like, well, that's way worse. It's just right. the same. It's like, oh, these are both completely unkosher. Right. Um, and so if somebody drops it in a soup, you remember that? The 160th? Oh, yeah, yeah. Batal Bashishim. Batal Bashishim. Batal Bashishim. What does Batal mean? It means um, it's void. Void. It's void the, the if it's 160th. Right. So it's like such a small amount percentage right. to all of it that you can know that it's no longer. It's no longer the thing it has. It doesn't exist. Okay. It's almost like uh, if you taste a, a, a see a pepper in soup, like a spicy pepper or something. Right. You can just eat it because like oh the spice is gone. Or in a pickle rind, if you eat like the actual like hot pepper in there, it's not hot. It's just as hot as the pickles. Okay. You know what I mean? Because like the jalapeno that's in there for 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 spicing. Right. Because it's gotten completely di- diluted into the whole rind. Right. Into the whole uh, is it rind? No, not rind. Rind is the thing you put yeah, in to yeah. make cheese out of milk, I think. Yeah. It's um, brine, brine. Right. So this piece of ham is no longer ham anymore. But then they go, okay, but that's fine. So you're allowed to eat the soup if it's like 80, 80% or 80th, 80 times the, the ham of soup. You know, I'm getting lost in one this. unit of ham, right. 80 units of soup. The soup's kosher. So we got to give me 80 units of soup. I can try some ham. <laughs> right. Well, then they said you can't do it on purpose. Oh, that's bogus. Got to be an accident. Right. But then they said also, then the argument's like, okay, cool. So now it's, it's beetle to shishim. So 160th. So now what happens if you're eating the soup and you see the piece of ham? You can eat it. You can eat it. Yeah. Because well, then there's the real argument. Because it's, it's considered voided. I know, but then and, you, and Jewish law is technical like that. But you got to have the argument. The point is, you got to have the argument of now. It's like, oh, whether oh, or not, because it's forget clearly about the soup. What right. about the actual piece of ham? Right. And so then it's like another argument. Right. Jew law is technical like that. If it's they say technical. if they say it's voided because of the larger thing, then that's it. It's voided. And then there's that run rabbi who was like, somebody gave him some. Right. Um, and it was like, you know, 80. And so then he murdered fine. him. <laughs> no, no, but he started throwing up. Like, why do you throw up? It's like, because he's so holy that, you know, just because uh, you're allowed to eat it. That's Doesn't nonsense. mean you have to. Yeah. I was also thankful for the two years I spent there because I feel like if I went straight to college, I'd just be dead. Like. You did your drinking there, right? Oh, you, you no, so I d- drank in high school. It's crazy. So I, for like the first month that I was there, I drank. And then it was like, all right, we're on the straight and narrow now. And I stopped, but then by the end of my second year, because I was just sick of being there, yeah. like the last month I was there, I went back to just drinking every oh, night. Oh, really? Yeah. So we got, okay, so I went for six, not six, four months with Jewish day school, JDS, my high school. Right. We did a double curriculum of math and English to satisfy the state's needs for us to graduate. Oh, you went for like the, your last month of school? Last semester. Really? Yeah, of, the whole of semester. Of high school? Yeah. That's cool. Dude, yeah, second year of senior year is a waste. Yeah, I, everybody's already been accepted to whatever college you're going to. My old high school was a waste. I didn't show up ever. Yeah, but sure. yeah. But I mean a complete waste. Where yeah. It's like I don't have to be here. I just have to get a D minus. Right. You know? Like this won't matter to where you're headed. So they just be like, fine, double up in English, double up in math. We'll figure the rest out. We'll call it uh, you know, six credits in Israel. We'll just call it that, you know? And then uh and then they just, they they went there. Not I think all but like three people went. And we drank. Because the drinking age is 18. Right. We were 17 going on 18. And they don't card. Unless you look 16. Right. They're like, yeah, well, that's fine. That was the thing about going to high school in Washington Heights. If you could ask for it, they would sell it to you. So we were in that vo- environment. Because I went, I lived. Like, Can I get some Oban 12, please? And they're like, yeah, okay. Think of a fuck, dude. I don't know if they make a 12. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we were drinking starting from age, like, 14 or whatever. Not quite. Whatever junior year of high school is. Yeah. Because it was the same thing. You could just get alcohol. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, you were telling me about drinking in Israel. Mm. 
So in JDS, when we were on that trip, the Schechter trip, um, yeah, we drank heavy, barfed and stuff, got most of that out of our system. But then when we went to BMT, so I came home for the summer, got a job, right? You know, and then I went back to start yeshiva. And this was like religious. Um, uh, that was more Zionist, and this is more like orth- like Jewish, like uh, religious. So, and then I went back, and I would drink. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd leave. You know, as soon as you know services were over, as soon as uh, Mincha and Marv were over, we'd all head out to Ben Yehuda, right? And we drink. You so you lived in the middle, so you didn't have Ben Yehuda to go to. So we did that the first month I was there, and yeah. then that was it. Yeah. So I had a re- rabbi, and I was like, I need to skip a class, Rav Ryan. He was like my main rabbi, and um. And uh, he was like, why? I'm like, well, Chaim Zakheim's dad is coming into town. And he's going to take us out to eat. That was a big, like, if anybody's father came in. Right, because you were getting actual food. Actual food? Yeah. And you get some, like, nice, expensive restaurant. And by the way, expensive meant, like, 30 shekels for a meal. Yeah, but. 10 bucks. You don't have money then. You're no, not you're working. Not. Parents aren't just giving you cash. Yeah. So maybe you have enough money for, like, some sort of small allowance for, like, a pizza, a slice of pizza or two. You know, for like three or six shekels, but a 30 shekel meal or a 60 shekel. Not going to happen. Fucking, you know, steak, which is honest. It was even then $20. It was a ton of money. I couldn't have, there's no way. No way. Dude, I used to be so cheap. Yeah. I would eat people's fat. No. The fat left over when they went to eat. I would get a baguette. That's like third world countries shit. <laughs> I would get a baguette joining them at, at El Gaucho. And they would eat. And they're like, you can eat my fat. Oh, that's unbelievable. It was so good, though. Oh, that sounds just sad to me. That doesn't sound even a little delicious. (laughs) So Ryan was like, you just took off last week for something else. I think that might have been a poor excuse. Maybe Mr. Butler was in town. Maybe it was just nothing. And then... um, Like I said, Mr. Butler, like we should know who that is. Whatever. Good old Mr. Butler. They just relate. People relate to like, whatever, I get it. Someone in the neighborhood. You don't have to know. Got you. You know? Um, if you got to know, I'll say it. My rabbi, Rav Ryan. <laughs> I'm just going to say Rav Ryan said. But um, he goes, I'll tell you what. If I let you go, you just went. So if I let you go again, you can miss this, this class. That means you have to do every class for the next month, something like that. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm in. And then after that, by the end of that, I was just like, oh, I'm all in. You mean you're all in like you religion? Were just- I'm studying oh, every day, all right. day. And it really is 9 a.m. to to 11 p.m. Well, the other thing about it is there's something very military-like about it that once you get used to that schedule... Then it's fine. Then you click into it, and it just becomes very regimented, and it, it you're used yes. to it. It's just it's what you do. Yeah, it's just what you do. You and don't there, question it. And there's something nice about having that routine that every... Firstly, it's just nice in life. It's very rare that you don't have to worry about bills, kids, anything, and just having a sense of purpose and then locking into that daily regimen of, I wake up every morning, I go to this place, I do this important thing, I'm becoming smarter, I yeah. take a break, no pressure, I go back. Yeah. Something very nice about that. And th- how is your connection to... to- uh, Baruch Hu at the time. Yeah, so my thing, this was always, I never, this, I never really liked religion per se. Yeah. I never, like prayer, I always hated that. I had no connection to that. Before yeshiva? No, even in yeshiva. The only thing I ever uh-huh. connected to was, um, I kind of felt like, hey, this was handed to me. If I'm going to keep it, like go big or go home, I might as well like try and commit myself to it. Yeah. And then the one thing I could wrap my head around was like, if I keep studying, maybe this will make sense. So especially like my first year, I was just reading a ton of like Jewish theology to try and find some sort of like, why do I want to keep this? What is this worth? 
I was reading a lot of stuff like other than Talmud. Yeah. That didn't really get me anywhere. No answers. So second year, it's like, all right, let's just make Talmud my thing. I'll become some sort of, I never wanted to be a rabbi, but I did want it to kind of get through all of Talmud and be some sort of scholar in my own way, just because I felt like this was handed to me. Let's just try and make as much sense of it as I can. And then just over the years, I just hated it more and more and kind of waned and felt, found comedy. A lot of people say like yeshiva, they only see it as like, oh, you're studying to be a rabbi? And you're like, oh no, 95% of those guys did not go on to become rabbis. Right. And it's not like they failed out. There was never the intention to become a rabbi. Right. There are a lot of people, you go into professional careers and a yeah. lot of them remain studious. They just keep yeah. studying because that's its own thing. Yeah, you get closer to God or closer to the, to the truth. Pretty yeah. much, the capital T. Yeah. Um, um, huh. But that was the drive of like, this makes no sense. I'm, but I'm, I'm going to keep it because it was handed to me and I don't feel like bailing on it. So let's just study as much as I can. So you wouldn't go to the Kotel and feel like this like... Nah, that was never me. I, the only thing I ever connected to was kind of like the study side to it. Yeah. Whenever people are doing like the, the singing stuff or having the more religious moments... The dancing? I never What had, about the dancing in the circle? Uh, ugh, that was not me. You wouldn't get filled with like uh, happiness and like... No. Wow. I would say maybe I maybe the, the exceptions to that would be like hammer drunk singing those juice songs late at night. But yeah. that's no different than like people at a bar singing their old Irish tunes kind of. That feeling is probably one and the same. Right. No, it is a lot of that. The sense of community. Yeah. Is amazing. Yes. We're all this. We're all this yeshiva. And we're a part of a larger thing. We're all in Israel right now studying yeshivas. You know, we're all connected that way. Right. And then part of a larger thing, we're all Jews. You know, we're all religious. It was just like, we're right. us. We're doing this. And they also ram that, um, how many people tried to slaughter us over the years, shit down your throat over the years. Sure. So you have that thing of like, well, this is important. I got to show those people. Like, we're carrying on tradition. Moshe Kasher calls it survivor's guilt, that we all have the survivor's guilt. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's pretty, we're a pretty minuscule group of people. Yeah. So there's something strange about being like, yeah, I'm opting out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it's what? like, if you just look at how many people were handed this as a heritage, how many people were killed for it over the years, and then to like be given the choice and just be like, you know what, I'm going to eat some cheeseburgers. So your parents are religious too, right? Yeah, my parents are pretty religious. And they expect you to be a shul. They think I'm there right now. <laughs> I'm at a nice meal table singing songs as we speak, Ari. They do? What do they think you now, love? Uh, no, they know. I, by now, they kind of... I'm. I, you know that uh, Leonard Skinner song, Don't Ask No Questions, I Won't Tell No Lies? Uh-huh. I kind of live my life that way. So I avoid speaking to my mom on Fridays and Saturdays because it's just awkward. Yeah. But she'll call me before the... So, any Shabbos plans? I'm like, nah, not really. Just home in the apartment. And they know I live in the middle really? of nowhere. Yeah. I gotta start writing notes down for this podcast. Um, Bernstein. Uh... Yeah, they don't ask. Well, I just don't really... They'd be disappointed, right? Yeah, but they, they got to know. Yes, oh. they would not be happy. Well, I, I, I think they know because we had a conversation like two years ago, one weekend when I was still living at home. I left for a weekend and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm out. And like, well, where? I'm like, I'm just going out. And then my mom started giving me like... What, like, what night of the week was this? No, this was like Friday, Saturday. Oh, so my mom, like after that weekend, we're, we're, we're at a, like a, it's me, and my dad at a table, and she started giving me a lot. She tried laying on the guilt. She's like, you know, I'm concerned about you if you're not home. She's like laying it on, and then I finally said, I was like, listen, I'm old enough that I can be making my own decisions. Like if you're concerned about something, that's on you, and you can't put that on me. 
Oh. And now it happens to be I was doing comedy up in like New Haven that weekend or whatever the hell it was. But so I kind of I've always been very evasive. And it's not the only thing I've ever lied to them about. I lied to them about uh, I failed out of college at one point. And I just told them I finished. <laughs> that was an easier way of going about that. And then I did like a year and a half where I just paid for it and told them I was working. So I've got lying down to my parents pretty good, you know? I'm good at that. Yeah, me and my brother were too. Just yeah. real good liars. I mean, what are you going to do, disappoint them? <laughs> Easier. Compare, compare um, leaving Judaism or Orthodox Judaism. Yeah. Compare that to... Uh, I would say it's similar to like coming out of the closet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Compare it to like telling your telling. Everyone. If you had very conservative parents and you're like, I love cock, yeah. it's the same thing. I mean, you don't want to say it that way. Right? No. I mean, you don't want to be like... You don't want to shove it in their face. I was right. just kind of being funny. Yeah, right. Cock is funnier than I'm gay. Yeah. yeah Every right. time. <laughs> <laughs> Cock is a If you think that the K sound is funny, then it's got two in there. Yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, it was tough. I did a, I did a storytelling show. Right. We pick a theme every time, and then I'll tell a story on the theme, and so on everybody else. Uh, and one time we did it for uh, Pride Week in LA, and it was uh, coming out of the closet stories. So I just told mine about telling my parents that I wasn't yeah, religious anymore. right. I also kind of you're different than me in this. You're a little more. Uh, hey, I'm. I am absolutely sure. I'm done. Yeah, you're I like I don't believe in God. Right. I'm done. I so I don't have that. I, I, well, but that's just because I don't like to commit to opinions or anything ever, and I'm just kind of lazy. Yeah. Uh, my take is more. I, I like. I don't view it as right or wrong. It just doesn't suit me. Like it's just something I don't like. So like I, I'm not even saying it's wrong. It just it works well for other people. I think there's a built-in reward structure. That like it just serves other people well, and at, for, I don't know. You, but you know, you're viewing this as yeah. like a, so, a sociology person would view any sort of like people, indigenous people, to like they, they just right. found them in, in the Amazon, and like you've studied them. Right, it serves them well. Like there's yeah. no part of you that's saying this as someone who has a belief in God inside you. Yeah, but I I, I don't know that I would didn't. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's an irrelevant. How the fuck would I know? It's not like I, I like I don't think God does or doesn't exist. It's like it's possible. How many years have you been out of yeshiva? Uh, I don't know. A decade? No, not quite. What? Um, I don't know. I'd have to do some math. I, I got to be like five or six. Here's the other thing I'll say about it is that part of it is you kind of there's like a progression, and the big thing that locks you into it is getting married at age twenty three. You did? No, I didn't, oh, but I'm saying all my friends did that, because the point is, you've never had a girlfriend, you've never had sex, you finally graduate college. The point and then, is, get married. And then they pair you up, yeah. and then that's just your experience, so you kind of get locked in just on the basis that there's no other way you're going to go out and fuck. You know what I mean? That's, they really do lock in men that way, that you never really have a chance to go out and date or like see if it's what works for you. You just end up with like women who are into that. And then you're just kind of locked in. I know that's true of all my friends. They're, they're married with kids. That's just kind of yeah. The only woman they've ever had sex with, too. Yeah. So I would say with me, when when college wasn't going well, you're just like, oh, I guess I'm not getting married anytime soon. And then you're just like, you know what? I didn't sign on board for this. Like I'm out. About because oh, based on sex. Yeah, because it's just like I'm not like I'm not committing to that. Like oh, I was a virgin until I was 23, so that really wasn't my issue. Same, I went the same amount. I mean, I guess I probably lost around 23. Yeah, I was never even considering having sex until like 21, 22. But by then I was already out of religion. Yeah, so I, it's same same thing. Because you have those years where you're locked in and you're like, it's not even on your, it's not that it's not in your mind. You just, it's not 
what it's not your goal. Your goal is to study yeah. and be studious, not to. Dude, I I I'm gonna ask you a question. You, All right, you, lay it on you me, brother. You get me mad. You get me angry. I of know course I, was, I do. I know I was I was coming on too hard on you the other day. No, but I, here's I know exactly where it comes from. When I see nuns, I feel the same way. Like, hey, this is stupid. What are you people what are you doing? doing? I if I interacted with me, I would be like. I don't get it. You're kind of like a logical person. Why are you wish washing? You're eating non kosher, but the meat is the I issue. I get it a hundred percent. It's it's not something I approach very logically. It's just something I'm sick of thinking about, so I just try and ignore. That's more my uh, approach. I kept it for a long time out of like, hey, this is the right thing to do. I'm completely sick about of giving it any thought. So I don't I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just like to ignore it. That's kind of my approach. That's how I feel, by the way, about religion in terms of like um, public policy. Right. When people go, well, stem cells, you know, it can't because it's like it's evil in any way. It's like, oh, no, you guys can't be part of the conversation. Go have your conversation elsewhere. <laughs> like, just we're not even going to talk about that. Right. Well, is the is it moral? Is it amoral? No, no, get out of here. Right. Like, we're not even going to listen to you in any way, good or bad. That's how I feel about it. The same way in public right. policy, where it's like get, get beat it, just beat it. You know what it's almost like. A, a but then you're, like, you're you're giving up a duck roll, whatever we ate, because of this. You won't look at it. Yeah, if I really lost out, you did. In your opinion, I did. I, it's, it's a good not, duck roll, even if, if it wasn't like the most yeah. amazing thing. It's it right way. in front of you. If it was something that really bothered me, yeah, I would just eat the duck roll. You know, I talked to Aaron Berg about this. Yeah, for a while he's he he's saying he ne- never eaten a banana. Why? He had eaten a banana when right. I met him. He's like, I've never had a banana in my life, and I'm like, really? He goes, Yeah, never had one. I'm like, Why? He goes, I just never had one. I was like, Well, do you want one? He goes, No, no interest. Right. I'm like, and I was like, I got mad. I was like, You have no interest in eating a thing that everyone you know has eaten and most of them like. Right. He goes, No, no. I'm like, No interest. I can understand like trying it and saying I don't like this, but just no interest in in the most transportable. You can just go get one for 75 cents to a dollar at any supermarket. It's filled with car- beta carotenes, whatever that is in there. Like, it just helps you through the day. It's a good breakfast food. Right. No interest. He goes, no. I'm like, you're taking pride in your lack of experience. You like being able to tell people, I've never had a banana. Right. Instead of saying, I don't like bananas. You, you take pride in lack of doing stuff. And he goes, oh, my God, you're right. And like, then did he supposed- try one? Yeah, he did. Okay. He said it was okay. Yeah, so I don't feel that way. I would love to eat meat and cheese. I love cheese. Yeah. I love meat. Also, like at my work, they pay for food. Yeah. If I could eat cheeseburgers every day for lunch, I would. There's still, for some reason, and this is more of like an OCD thing, like, I don't know, sometimes my mind's eye, I guess I'm, st- I'm not observant. I'm going to go to work after this. I'm going to go to my office. You're literally making money doing this right now. Am I making money right now? Oh, yeah, 100 bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, do you want to stop and say the money? <laughs> That's it. It's the Holy Sabbath. I'm out of here, Ari. By the way, I did consider, I didn't fully yeah. do it. I did consider saying, I hereby, like yesterday yeah. before Shabbos started, I hereby give the $100 to Rob Bernstein. Oh, so that I wouldn't be accepting cash yeah. on Shabbat? That's what you're supposed to do if you bring somebody a bottle of wine. And we left the mics on, so I wasn't violating anything. <laughs> hey, yeah. this isn't even Shabbos. Why are we talking like this? <laughs> we filmed this on a Sunday. What, do you want to make a chil shemir? Anyways, what, what the hell were we talking about? Uh, oh, you know what? I mean, I, you're working. You're doing. This is what the law is on Shabbat. You're not supposed yeah. to work. Forget about no, the operating I'm, lights and yeah. stuff. Lights and electricity, that's all based on work. Yeah. So you weren't working. Yeah, there's something about the things that I've just never broken yet. They're still like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And I can't explain that. I heard Dr. Drew, and it might be a false memory I'm making yeah. now. Um, 
so I apologize if Dr. Drew never said this. But I'm just upset that you're bringing him up. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't even know. <laughs> he called, and I might be wrong. Let's say somebody called uh, bisexuality, uh, sexual immaturity. That it was um, one theory on it anyway. Right. Was that he might have been saying that there's a theory on bisexuality that it's sexual immaturity, where it's like you're either gay and you don't want to fully accept it because you want to have one foot in. No, no, I'm still one of the guys. I'm still one of the guys. Right. Uh, or uh, you're fully hetero, but you're trying to experiment and say, which a lot more women in college will do. Right. They say, I'm bisexual. It's like you have two years of making out with chicks. And then you'll never have another one once you graduate college. Right. You're heterosexual. You know, maybe a Kinsey scale, you're like a one or a two, uh, but you're not a three or four. Right. And you're not a, you know, there's, there's ones and twos and there's fives and sixes. There's really no threes and fours. Yeah, man. I'm exactly that. So, do, what, yeah, just yeah. non committal. And I'm totally good. I'm to- I know how much that infuriates you. And to me, that's fine. It's like, agnosticism yeah. is like, oh, maybe it could be. Like, what do you mean could be? Yeah, I don't know. You know what? You know what There's I, a fucking pizza roll right in front of you that's you ever, paid for. You ever see the movie uh, Cool Hand Luke? Yeah. It's the best movie ever. It's pretty good. So, you know that, that, that scene? Pretty fucking good. Eating 50 eggs. Oh, that's, the, that's my favorite movie of all time. But you know that scene where, uh, like, after. Um, he for like they broke him and he's like running around like yes sir yes sir he's bringing the guy the gun oh, and then yeah. he steals the truck and he drives off and the guy goes you were planning that the whole time and then he turns to me goes i never planned anything my whole life but it was coming from paul newman so it was damn sexy yeah unlike this right now that's what i feel with it it's just whatever man i'm going with the flow if at some point i feel more compelled to eat cheeseburgers i'll do it for now it makes me uncomfortable and that's it in what way does it make you uncomfortable just because it's it, i it, it's like every other time i broke something the first time you just never did it that's it you know what i mean the first time i didn't keep shabbos it was like a thing and then it went to how did you, job, and you, you feel the first time you didn't keep shabbos the first time you were like oh dude i still have moments sometimes when i'm out on friday i'll be like this is friday night what the fuck am i doing and i'll be like what am i gonna go to synagogue like nah so you've talked yourself out of the guilt oh yeah it's, all it's the like time. a guilt thing oh my god all the time yeah still mm. absolutely dude it really is like this brainwashing thing well that's the biggest thing. I had. Not more, even intentional, but right. it's like you, if you're raised with something right. from birth, kind of like racism, you can't just be like, oh, black people are equal. Right. Well, it's I like, have that too. <laughs> no, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> I wasn't I raised mean, with that. In, in the Jewish world, in the Orthodox Jewish world, it's definitely not like, it, it's like, not even like, it's, here's my favorite derogatory term yeah. is goy, because uh, it represents 99% of the world. Okay. And there's some sort of a context of like that. They're beneath us for sure. They're right. beneath us. Right. It's not just like non Jew is not derogatory. Goy right. is derogatory. Shiksa. Right. But that's is derogatory. In, that's inherent to feeling that religion is important, so you're doing something important that other people aren't doing. You know what Goy also represents? The Pope. Right. So the Pope is below you. <laughs> But if you're going to take the, uh, I, like, the Pope probably has the same approach to every other religion. Hey, I'm doing something important. You yeah. guys aren't doing that important thing. So that's, that, that's just, a, like, a function of being involved in religion is that you have to buy into what you're doing is important and yeah. other people aren't doing this important thing. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I guess we're agreeing. I'm just trying to put it in subtler context for no yeah. reason. But um, what you were talking about with it being so much, my dad the other year, he got um, um, rabbinic ordination from YU. He got smicha. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the most boring midlife crisis ever. But he yeah. got smicha at, which means like 50. You, you become a rabbi. Yeah. I'm so, now a rabbi, had, an accredited he, rabbi. Yeah. He had, had, he had done like three quarters of it post-college. So, uh-huh. I mean, but it was still like a substantial amount of studying. Yeah. So anyways, I'm at that 
that um, he made me go to like the service when he actually, you know, got the ordination, like a graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there, and they got all like the big time rabbis are up on the stage. Everyone's giving speeches, and you know, like at the end of uh, Wizard of Oz, when she wakes up and she's like, "And that wasn't real, and this wasn't real, and it was this thing." I kind of feel like that with Judaism is that my brain has seen and experienced so much of it to just go, "Hey, that's not real." Is pretty hard. You know what I mean? It's like an overexposure to a point to just go, all of that's not real. That's just like a hard thing to kind of wrap your head around. But now, like the same thing as that Legion of Skanks podcast, we're going to look back in a year. I'll tell you about how I spent your $100 on cheeseburgers and hookers. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know where, I, I, that's why I'm not in committal. Like, I well, know. Dude, when I stopped keeping kosher. It, was, it right. hit me at YU. So do you think you have, I'll get back to this in a second. Yeah. Do you think you ever had a belief in God in you? Um, I mean, the way you talk about when you prayed, not, there wasn't anything really there. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I had those moments where you feel like you're talking to some... You know what? I, I've never really... I don't like, think I ever had it in me. I'll tell you what I do kind of have, and I still have, and I can't explain this. I still have some sort of a fear of God, which is crazy. You're looking at me like what I said what is, is completely what crazy. Mean? What does that mean? No, like sometimes you'll be like, uh, God's not going to like that. <laughs> I still have that in my head a little bit. Mm. Metzger has that too a little bit. Like, like I wouldn't want to make... I, or So this would be the level of that. I don't know that in my comedy, like I don't want to make anti-religion jokes because there's a part of my brain where it's like, all right, I'm not really keeping this, but like God would really not like that. And I can't like... Do you think it's, do you think it's God would not like it or your religion would not like it? No, there's more a part like of... Uh, a man of the sky. Yeah, but then I'm like, wait, am I really afraid of the boogeyman? And then I go back to, I don't want to think about this. Right. And, that, oh, and that's, that's just like the, the Do you know who does loop that? Of it. People in shitty relationships that have been married for right. like 10 years. And yes. they go like, can I get out? And say, ah, let's just not think about it. I'll just get bossed around. I more think of it exactly like that. Where every, like every once in a while I have that moment of like, why am I not keeping this? And it's like an old relationship. It's like you start thinking like, oh, when am I going to start going to synagogue again? I hated that. Yeah. It's the exact thing of some old girlfriend. Where you're like, I should go back to that relationship. And then you remember all this shit. And you're like, nah, that's not a good idea. Hmm. It's a lot of that. Yeah, you got to remember the shit. Yeah, you just start remembering all the horrible moments. And you're like, that's a terrible idea. There's this uh, Jill Sobule song. Sobule, I forget how to say her name. She's quoting a lot of things I don't know. But um, (laughs) she had a song about, um, I'm sure I've mentioned it. But she had a song about um, forgetting the ex-boyfriend's smile. How great her smile was. And then, and then when she gets back together, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're a terrible person. Oh, that's right. It wasn't just good laughs, good times. You fucked my brother. And you, you know, it's like all this horrible stuff. Um, yeah, you remember. It's like, oh, that was good. And you're like, oh, no, no, I forgot. There was also three hours of services Yeah, every Saturday plus nighttime services. God, it was so much. My friends used to make so much fun of me. Like, what did you do this weekend, Ari? Read. Did you get a lot of reading done? <laughs> so bad. When I stopped keeping kosher at YU, it hit me. I was like, I don't believe in God. Right. I thought about it for about a month. When I said, I was like, I don't think the belief is inside me. Once that feeling hit me, I was like, oh, I have to explore these thoughts and I got to do them right now. Yeah, I like to just ignore it completely wow. and try and be funny. <laughs> That's more my approach. And just slowly dissipate out? Yeah, just wherever it goes. If it just falls to the wayside, it will fall to the wayside. If for some reason I have Rob. some odd epiphany, which I don't expect to happen, then you have some odd epiphany. You go with the flow. Your life is coming to an end. You've My got life's like 45, ending. Forty-five, fifty years left. And yeah, you're gonna waste five of those. You're gonna waste ten percent of your life. Not waste it because it's not like you're sitting in a, right. in a dark room, but like the experiences you could have. Why? What do you think I'm missing other than cheeseburgers? 
That's a big one right there. Right. That's a big one. Okay. You know, that's a big one. Any, I'm saying anything. Yeah. Freely I mean, experiencing what this world has to offer. Yeah, I hear that. I, the big one I've missed out on is just not really ever having like normal girlfriends or relationships. That would be a big one. And why not? Why don't you? Huh, I just haven't. Is but up until, yeah, up until now, it was definitely, that definitely existed. At this point, I'm a little freer from that, but definitely existed until now. I mean, and you were living with your parents, which is another yeah. tough stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got the point where I was like, when I stopped keeping kosher, it was at YU. I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I don't believe. Right. So I shouldn't be living my life for something I don't believe in. Ergo, let me eat some non-kosher. I can still eat the free meal. I don't have to only eat non-kosher. I can still right. eat the free meals at YU that they're giving me because I, I signed up, you know? Right. Um, but I went to Taco Bell. That was your first thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, buddy. Yeah. You should go back in time. If you're going to do it, do it right. I drive down to Philly and get like a Philly cheesesteak. I mean, I didn't have a car then. It was at Yeshiva University. It was just whatever was right near campus. Right. So I ate Taco Bell. I threw up. Of course you did. Yeah. And I can't, I, and I threw up later when I had Taco Bell back in Maryland. Was there a moment when you had it, you threw up and you're like, oh, maybe he is real. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. I didn't know if it was the guilt. I thought maybe I was talking because of the guilt. Yeah. And then later when I look back on it, I realized, oh no, Taco Bell's gross. <laughs> That's maybe where I threw it. My body was not used to that faux meat, that 30% cardboard uh, meat that they served you. I don't know. I don't know if it was the guilt or that. But even later, I would throw up at their Taco Bell, but not McDonald's, because it was like, I think it might have been guilt-based. Or really, maybe just, like Nick Swartz needs to do a bit about Taco Bell. Like, what What are they serving you for 19 cents for a, for a taco? What meat? An animal died, and it's 19 cents? Because the lettuce alone should be 25 cents. They had this crazy article I remember reading about Taco Bell. Basically, by law, it has to be 30% meat product. But when you say meat product, you're referring to skin. Eyeball. I, you're referring to anything that is a byproduct of an they animal. Just push it through the, sh- the, the screen. Wh- whatever the fuck they do that it then comes out being something that resembles meat. <sighs> yeah. But that's just to get to 30% meat product. There's like a crazy one that um like, like you got to look this one up. But I remember reading this art like McDonald's buys meat from its own company. And the company name is called like 100%... Angus beef. That's the name of the company. So they can say so they can claim made with a hundred, but they're just quoting their own like company name. Wow. You got to look that one up. I, I mean, I just like read a lot, but I, I I seem to remember coming. I don't know that it was Mickey D's, but that was some sort of like a scam that someone was pulling. That was kind of crazy. Really? Yeah, it's up right now. That's crazy. I feel like I wouldn't have made that one up. Like I, I can't tell you the specifics of where I read that. Ugh, I have all these. So, that particular fact might not be as real as God, per se. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I really want to see 100% Angus beef now. Where is this? Angus beef scam? That's what I'll look up. Or just call, you're probably better off with the 100% beef scam. Angus beef, it's only a marketing term. Chow hound. Oh, that's Angus beef. Okay, McDonald's 100% beef, snopes.com. They're, they're always the ones that like Snopes get, get away rumors, right? Like, I never heard of Snopes. Oh, Snopes. Anytime you Snopes hear about cool? something, like uh, there was an article online about um, this uh, um, Chinese woman who stopped a rape and she uh, she cut off the rapist's dick. Ooh. She bit him and then cut off his Did dick. Did she do something weird and Asian with the dick afterwards? Make like a she magic made potion? Eat it. She made him eat it. No. She was like, eat it, chew it, you know? 
She had a knife to his throat. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, and then there was an uh, unidentified man checked into a hospital with that same with the same wound, um, but then left back to China. Oh, it was Japan or maybe Hong Kong? And he went back to mainland China, and so they couldn't they didn't track him without a dick. Yeah, or they sewed on whatever was left, whatever. And then Snopes is like, no, here's a rumor from Denmark, same exact story. From China, same exact story. From Japan, same exact story. From rural America, same exact story. It's it, like, was just, that's, that's it was just made rumor. up. Yeah. Rumor, McDonald's be- buys their meat from a company called 100% Beef, which allows them to legally but deceptively claim that they use 100% beef in their hamburgers. So it was a rumor? False. It's not true. They tell you if it's true or false. Boom. False. Look at that. Bullshit checked. I just said bullshit. <laughs> bullshit checked. <laughs> right on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, McDonald's says they not. Wow. Yeah. All right. Wow. Um, good thing the internet was here to clear McDonald's name. <laughs> good name. Good name. It is garbage food, though. Your listeners out there would have been upset with McDonald's. When I see people eating McDonald's in New York, I'm like, what are you doing? There's amazing food here at every corner. Right. It almost just annoys me that those places exist. Exist, yeah. yeah. Pop, there's a fact there's a Domino's in the East Village. Get the fuck out of here. We have so much good pizza. Dude, when what? I moved here, I didn't understand. When people, there were signs up saying, keep 7-Eleven out of the East Village. Right. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, what's wrong with 7-Eleven? What do you mean? I grew up around 7-Eleven. It's great. And now I get it. There's bodegas that have interesting foods. They get like random like pastries and sweets from all the countries all over the world you know right it's not the same gar- shit every time the only thing 7-eleven does right that i want to give them props for is you can use a credit card for a one dollar item uh, other places like no 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 yeah they're assholes about it and yeah. you can get the change back so like oh. 7-eleven is convenient in that one way but other than that I, I do agree with you i prefer the local flavor i prefer my bodegas there's one on a i walk by it so much the one next to the stand, there's a 7-Eleven past it. For, I'm like, nope, going to the bodega. Yeah. They're cooler. They're more interesting. The people who run it actually own it. Right. Have some sort of stake in it. I, I just, I get it now. It's, it's aesthetically unpleasing to have a chain place, in a, in a, especially in a neighborhood where everything is so unique and interesting. Right. And then you can have a chain coming in here. Right. It's I like, get it at the upper, upper west side, you know? Or, or Wall Street area, not Wall Street area, like the like Midtown. It's like, all right, fine. Get it kind of ruins the flavor. Ruins the flavor. Right. That's interesting. It's almost like what they complain about countries with immigrants, that the immigrants kind of ruin the flavor. In a way, like, this is like that, but for the commercialized America being like the imposing force, which is the most flagrant of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And a cool, look at that shit. What'd you do? I was driving drunk on a city bike and I crashed. Oh, at least you said bike. <laughs> Instead of what? No, I just like it's a weird thing to put out in the world. Like I was just driving trashed, and oh, people driving, people yeah. don't like that. <laughs> Ugh, it's still not healing right. It's all scraped up. I mean, I scraped it right into a New York street. I've had some drunk skateboarding incidents myself. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, okay, let's get back to it. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell me about a drunk straight. No, there are no good stories. I'm just saying I've been drunk on my skateboard, and which is just stupid. Are you allowed to drive? No, you Bike get drunk. No, you can get. I don't know that it's quite as much trouble, but you can definitely get even maybe a DUI for that, which is insane. I've seen people wobble, for sure wobble. Like, oh, that's a drunk biker. Right. No, you can definitely get in trouble for it. I mean, it's unsafe. Yeah, but the difference is you're kind of just being unsafe towards yourself. So sort of, unless you like go through an intersection. Yeah. You know how they say like using texting is is as bad or even worse in terms of driving ability, right? To being drunk, the studies have shown. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I saw a lady, uh, I was walking up from uh, Union Square to the stand, and um, 
She was in the corner of third and 17th, maybe 18th on uh, rollerblades texting. Oh God. And then she like just standing there and then she starts going and this cab slams on his brake and honks and she like stops and turns around, you know, and like comes back, waits for three more cars to pass and then goes off. And I'm like, I want to be like, Hey lady, you know, you almost died because of that fucking cell phone. Cause you weren't like looking up. You almost just skated right into a car because you were fucking completely gone. And then she just went right back to texting. I didn't, yeah. Didn't even phase her. Didn't phase her. It's like, oh, oh well. It's how like, old, how old was this person? Late 20s, I would say. Unbelievable. Yeah. Still got that invincible. But I mean, like 29. Like, yeah. old enough to be like, not 16. Right. Like, she could have had a couple abortions by now. She should know she life. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Bringing it back. Yeah. So, you haven't told your parents. Have you told your friends growing up? Yeah, yeah, all my 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 friends know. Even the religious ones. Yeah, and what absolutely. Do they say? How do they treat you? No, they're all cool. No they're one cares. all cool. Yeah, no one cares. By the way, that thing about um about uh just it turns based on sexuality. Yeah, is like it like if you want to get laid, you better get married. Right. My sister got married at twenty. Um, her husband was probably twenty two. All my friends have done that. My friend, my other friend, got married because he got a blowjob from a girl, and that was it. He was in. That was the so, first lips mm-hmm. on his penis. He got married. They had if sex. With, if I went with that, I'd be married to some hooker in Milwaukee. <laughs> they had sex. It was either four times in six years or six times in four years. What? Either way. Let's say six times in four years. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Still, not very much. No. Had a kid with it. Had a horrible relationship. Right. She was frigid. Right. They just weren't experiencing anything. And then eventually he started cheating and then and then left her. Right. Um, I mean, six times should be one good Sunday. It's yeah, it's crazy. And then this guy was living his life for years in this unfulfilled way because this is the only experience he'd ever Just had. Just trapped. Yeah. yeah. And people like, the, the community kind of shunned him after they found out he was cheating. Right. Even though eventually he married the woman he was cheating with. Right. Um, and they're still together. They have multiple children together. It's like worked out. Um, but with her, you know, they, they fuck in the shower. It's like they, they live their fucking lives. And it's like, he got shunned and it's like, guys, you want me to live in misery? And that was always my thing. It's like, when I was going through it, I was like, you would rather me be with an asshole, a complete asshole woman who's mean, who demeans me, who's, who's rude to others, if her name is Rachel, <laughs> as opposed to being with a charitable, beautiful, like, like just kind soul right. who treats me well, who helps others, because her name is Christina. So are you trying to imply that a Jew non-jew could be better than a jew Ari? well that's Is that what, what you're trying to say me. that's what tortured me i was like how are you how are you guys saying this to me right it doesn't make sense Lo- the, with the logic tools you've given me i'm applying it to my my state and it's not making sense yeah yeah i feel um i could not imagine being married now and you just get locked in you don't get to you know you can't do anything like that's it that's your life you're locked in you're locked now in. From 22, you're locked into religion. You're locked into raising your you're not kids. Even done growing up. You haven't done anything. I just finished growing up about three years ago. Like, I just finished kind of. I, I probably haven't. I probably haven't. I'm probably still growing, but just not at that rate. You can't even, like, seriously pursue your. 22 car- to 28? You're coming completely. But you can't person. even, like, commit to whatever your career would be no if way. at 22 you're married with kids. You can't even pursue anything. You were locked in. If you start an accounting job at age 22 and you realize you hate accounting, uh-huh. you have a kid that you're accountable for. You switching careers? Where are you going? What are you doing? No, like, I'm going to be broke for a while and I'm just going to, like, try to do this other thing. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Are you kidding me? You can't be broke. You have a kid. Yeah. 
You're going to be a scum, but like, that's it. Feed a mac and cheese every day. You're done. Craft? That's not kosher. That's right. <laughs> wacky Mac was kosher, right? Yeah, I was never a Wacky Mac guy. Do you, okay, as you leave this religion, are you still friends with those, those Orthodox, Orthies? Yeah, those are my boys. Those are. I mean, we almost never hang out, but like, um, once or twice a year, we make a point of like trying to get together. We once have fun. Twice a year. Yeah, those are, those guys are a lot of fun. Really funny people. Oh all yeah, of them. that's where I got my sense of humor. So funny. I got my sense of humor in my first high school, the religious right. high school. I switched to non-religious you know in Jews 11th grade. We're, we're mean and ball busty. Mm-hmm. We were like as much as like like my my friend. We are so mean and ball busty to each other. Like, and that's always been a thing in my like just being in the corner of the room saying the meanest possible thing. I don't know. That's always been a thing. Jews are funny. You go to synagogue; they're just giving it, everyone's giving each other shit, mm-hmm. and that's just the flavor. So, there's something funny about those people. <laughs> One of the hardest I've ever laughed is somebody who's blowing a shofar for somehow. Oh, I think Rosh Hashanah Sukkot. Yeah. Or what do they do at Rosh Hashanah Sukkot? Uh, it's mostly Rosh Hashanah. That's the big one. But then they blow it once on Yom Kippur. They do it on Sukkot ever. They might do it on Hashanah Rabbah, maybe. Maybe Hashanah Rabbah. What was maybe. It, what, what was uh, giving the Torah? Did they do it that day? Some Chatara now. No. So it might have been Rosh Hashanah. It wasn't Yom Kippur. It wasn't the big, big one. Right. But it was a big one. Yeah. If you're blowing shofar, it's big. That's how we market. <laughs> um, there's levels of big, but it's big. Yeah. Have you ever blown one? Yeah. It's hard. You gotta like. I'm pretty good at it, dude. You gotta do that, right? My, my dad blows for uh, synagogue, so I'm pretty good at it. I, I picked up uh, the shofar blowing skill. So there was this guy who was like, "I'm gonna do it this week," you know, and uh, he just didn't practice enough. Right. And man, you got to do takia. You got to do like farm so true. Go, it's like you got to do that, and it's it's not just blowing. It's not like right. a flute. You really got to purse your lips the exact right way. If you let him go, it goes. <laughs> you know, it goes south. Yeah, south. And you got to do it the whole way through. And talk about being under pressure when that first note goes sour and they're banking on you this is the religious ceremony everyone's <laughs> sitting there also it's a long ass fucking ceremony on Rosh Hashanah they want to get upstairs eat some cake it's been five hours instead yeah, of three the rabbi gave a speech that was too long uh-huh. it's uncomfortable because people that don't show up all year are finally showing up and you're squeezed between two Hot. fat you people got, you sell every chair you're wearing the wooden the tallest and uh-huh. it just sucks and then this guy's fucking up his job the uncomfortable shoes oh it's brutal yeah, he kept messing up. My brother and I just started like, <laughs> laughing. We started laughing. We sit in the second row. We're second rowers. He's cracking up. We're trying. We're trying not to, so we have to turn away. But then if we turn, we turned our back to him. And we saw in the back the Dykemans, I think, Mister Dykeman. I mean, he was a back row guy. Those back row guys. Yeah, those are like those, those are the are shit like, givers. Oh, yeah, and he was like ah, <laughs> and then we couldn't stop laughing. There's nothing worse than when you're in a situation where you're not allowed to laugh, and yeah. then you're trying. Those are the best laughs. Yeah, like when you just when the you finally best. just lose it the best i was once at a funeral and a rabbi the guy's name was hyman and the rabbi was going on the lady who died was going on like and she cared for her hyman and she <laughs> and i was so close to losing it dude <laughs> that's the closest i ever came without actually losing it <laughs> it was like a full 30 seconds of like him describing all the things she did for her hyman <laughs> <laughs> and you're not allowed to laugh it builds it's a up. fucking funeral <laughs> it builds up we had a rabbi bell he's dead now in high school he was the nerd he was the one we always made fun of and he was going over the, the answers to the tests so we could like, right. see where we went wrong where we didn't you know and it was just yes or no 
And so somebody pointed out that what he was saying sounded sexual, but he was saying it in such a like, yeah, then yes, yes, no, no, yes, 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 yes. And it was like, imagine him fucking like that. Yes, yes, yes. He's losing it. No, everybody was losing it. Right. I didn't even know why he was laughing. I remember first year of high school, I guess was for me, 2012. So we're having a memorial for um, 9-11. Yeah. And there's this rabbi (laughs) who's given the memorial speech to the whole school. And this guy's a genius, but he keeps saying 7-11. Why? (laughs) He just fucked it up in his brain. It's like one of those smart people things. Oh, instead of 9-11. He kept saying it like through the entire speech. (laughs) And the whole room is laughing at him and he's getting upset like, this is a memorial service. (laughs) And we're just being douchebag high school kids. Yeah, no respect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's been a few of those. Oh, those are best laughs. Those are the best laughs. Oh, absolutely. Laughs. not allowed to. Yeah. I was in Israel. I might end up doing this as part of a story for online, but whatever. There was uh, So we were in Kibbutz Lavi. This was for the JDS year. We stayed in a Kibbutz for a month. And uh, one of the women was telling us about, she ran Shechem. She ran the canteen slash supermarket at a Kibbutz. You know what a kibbutz is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think I ever went to one, but I know what they are. Everybody chips in. Yeah. It's, it's communism. Socialism. Yeah, socialism in a, in a small city form. Right. Uh, more of a village form. Which kind of works, because then you're like, hey, that asshole's not pulling his weight. Yeah, everyone's like, what are you doing? You're right. Out. Yeah. You got to pull your weight. All we did was uh, try to get out of work, me and my friends. <laughs> oh, I'm sick today. Or we go to the avocado fields, go way in the end, and then just sleep. Right. Then somebody come up and is like, are you guys kidding? There's scorpions here. You're sleeping on the ground? <laughs> He goes, don't work, but don't sleep, motherfucking. Are you? And there's like, there's no scorpions. There's one right next to you. Like, oh fuck! Scorpions are scary as shit. They are scary. They all look horrible. My friend got bitten by one. He was running his shoe, and he stepped into his shoe. Got bit. His foot swelled the fuck up. I I thought like that's something that you just die from. I guess not. The the deadly ones. It's like snakes. Oh, they're rare. The deadly ones. They're not all the scorpions are the deadly ones, but they're all venomous. Right. I think they might not all be venomous, but mostly, that's their thing. They fucking bite at you. Yeah, with the. I hate scorpion. In you ate a scorpion? In Thailand. But it tastes good? Doesn't that gross you out, though? It's all the flavoring. No, I, I, I used to be able to get grossed out, and now I compartmentalized it enough to go, like, you guys eat this. And then I found out some of them don't eat it. They're like, these stupid Americans come. And, so and then they eat it? Cricket. Oh, so they're just serving them goofy shit. They're like, they think we eat this? Fuck it. Cricket's not... I mean, I would never eat it. It just looks gross to me. But yeah. cricket's, like, pretty normal to eat. Yeah. Scorpion. I don't know about scorpion. Yeah. This seemed like it was at a restaurant, so it seemed okay. Um, they just claim it's a meat, delicacy. They had they had, they had a bat meat on a stick on a, on a street food vendor in, in Thailand. Just eating from a street food vendor in Thailand sounds like. <laughs> yeah, the problem is I saw how they like when the meat is on there. I'm like, this looks right. delicious. Whatever. Just from like knowing some of your here. stories, I think you like having diarrhea. <laughs> Yeah. So you go, all right, let's see what the diarrhea in this town's like. I'll eat the worst thing you got. Give it to me. <laughs> Ow. God, too much hair. Fuck, that hurt. But, um, yeah, I saw where they took out the, the new meat when they put it back on the grill. And yeah. it was just in like a bucket of water. Just like a Ugh. warm bucket of water from underneath the, 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 the right. you know. Well, I, I can't imagine what the Thailand I was like, health department oh. looks like. Oh, none. <laughs> it's a free market. Which means like if I own a scooter and I want to be a taxi now, I'm a taxi now. Right. Get on. Give me five bucks. I'll take right. where you're And going. then at the end, you could just become a hooker service. You could become of, anything. Yeah, really. It's just like do what you want. Do what you want. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? I don't know. We both have ADD. <laughs> yeah. Why did I bring up the street meat in Thailand? Oh, bat meat. 
Right. They had young bat, baby bat on a on a stick. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I can't. You've li- Generally, you've I don't get grossed out. Yeah. They had this stuff in for one yen, one yuan, whatever, in uh, in China on the street. I believe Shanghai, just walking by. And uh, this guy cooking meat, you know, on, on on sticks, kebab type stuff, you know. And I was like, I don't know. But then I saw a bunch of locals, like, you know, kids, not kids, but like 20, 25-year-olds, you know, Saturday night. And they're all eating it. Right. And I'm like, okay, they're human too. It's Shanghai. It's a city. Right. It's not the fucking village of no, you know. And uh, Bangkok is a little dirtier. But like, uh, so I was like, fuck it. And I just got set. They were one yen each, which was like 20 cents. Okay. What are, we, what are we eating for 20 cents? Meat on a stick. And, and we, I don't know yeah. what the meat is because I don't speak Mandarin. Right. So I'll go point. I'll just point that, that, two of that. It just looked good. And I would eat it. And if one tasted funky, I'm like, ugh. And I would just throw it away and then eat the next thing. Right. For six for a dollar. Right. You can't go wrong. And what happened? I had some good meat. That's it? Nothing bad happened. Oh, that sounds... That I mean, sounds later deadly. I got diarrhea, but I don't know what that was from. Uh, probably that. It might have been. And everything like else you experimented oil. with. Here's the thing, dude. You gotta you, live your life, though. Yeah, you go to Israel and you drink the water, you get diarrhea. Just yeah, exactly. You have to, just you, but the point is, if you go anywhere, you just have to make an adjustment to like yeah. their stuff. Mm-hmm. So to go for the extremes of what they're eating, yeah, uh, that seems a little out there. But this was what everybody was eating. It's like if you leave a bar and of the people who couldn't afford anything else. No, but like you see a nightclub and you see people eating those bacon wrapped hot dogs. That's like a little bit dingier than whatever, but everybody eats it. I've eaten that with Joe Rogan, who eats like two hundred dollar meals. You know, like and he'll be like, "Yeah, let's get one of those." It's not, it's gross, but it's not gross, gross. All right, you know, this was gross. The bat meat, the Thai street vendors, that was gross, gross. Right, so you didn't, so you didn't eat it in the end. Not the bat. No, not the bat. But generally, I can like, no, if everyone else is eating this, I'm going to try it. it. Anyway. So you're so fr- Okay, here's my question with your friends. Because here's what I had. So yeah. when I stopped being religious, I started losing those friends. And it wasn't because right. they would like shun me the way my friend who cheated on his wife got shunned. I mean, literally got shunned. And even his friends who wanted to support him was like, my wife's telling me I can't be friends with you. Oh, that's sorry. the worst. Yeah. Um, he said I was one of the only one. Him, me and like two others were like the only guys who stuck with him. Right. I was already out, so I was like, I don't care, man. Go be happy. Go fuck the girl who fucks in the shower. <laughs> of course, obviously. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Four times in six years, six times in four years, dude. That's not a. That's not like you should have been a out bad after month. year one. Is she at yeah. least letting you jerk off on her? Is she compensating in some other way? I don't think so. Then that's a scram. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's got the kid now too. Anyway, the thing was, they didn't shun me, but like, I could have eaten at their restaurants. I can't, I could eat at KD. Yeah, you know, but like, you just wouldn't. You just start drifting away. Yeah, absolutely. I already interests. I already find. Um, I mean, they're amazing. My friends, they're great. Every once in a while, we hang out. It's great. But you yeah. definitely have more where the conflict's going to be, and I already see this: is they have kids now and they have wives, and I just see at some point it's going to be like the. Hey, like you can't have Rob over here. Like it's a bad influence. You know what I mean? Like right. you just at some point you just become that character where it's like they're trying to raise religious kids. You're the example of oh, you don't need to be doing this. You could be living a much better life. And so they need to protect that thing with their kids, which I respect. You know what I mean? So I could just see over time it hasn't become a conflict yet, but I could see five or six years down the line when their kids are 
like you know they don't want to be like hey what's up with that guy kind of thing because they want to of course that was that Louis quote I saw it in a meme I never remember if he actually said it but it's like they don't want to have stuff on TV because they're gonna to have to explain to their kids why they right. it. he goes yeah well fucking raise your kids right don't blame us because you're afraid of fucking telling the truth about the world to your child right be a fucking good parent and just tell them what right. the deal is I'm also I'm a little uh, I'm a little zen about that there's like that Buddhist thing that you can't be like afraid of change because that's just like a natural thing that happens in the world. So it's like I'm heading in a different direction than them. If we end up being not as close, that's just not something that happens. That's I'm not, not something I'm yeah. concerned about. I'm not friends with my friends from second grade. Yeah, because like we've drifted. Their life know. changes. Yeah, that's their life it. changes. Uh, I have this experience a lot when I go to David's or when I go to my uh, my sisters or, or, or right uh, when they have kids. There'll be this like one of their kids will whisper in the mom or dad's ear, and then the mom or dad will turn and be like. Remember how we said there was like different kinds of Jews and like just because they do those. Well, Ari's things, one of the bad that. ones. It's like that. <laughs> like some people do. It's and I could tell the kid was like, how, "How come I saw I saw him in a car? I thought we don't do cars." Right. And Trying they, to wrap their head around they it. They, t- they got to explain, explain it. to them. Yeah. Not all Jews are like us. Right. I already so had like, good kid. My, my whole family's going away next weekend, and I'm just trying to get it because I don't want to. I just don't want to be with my family over the weekend. It just sounds miserable. Oh, they want you to go with them. Yes. Yeah, like I don't want to do that. So you just have that. You just drift away. Yeah. That's what happens. It's like... It's not even like a, I chose... It's like, oh, this was less pleasurable. Yeah. So but there was less desire to go with you. Right. And that resulted in me not going with you. Yeah, and then just over time, over enough years of not wanting to be around or hang out with people, you just end up having nothing to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. I just saw my friend Avi. He became a rabbi. Right. Uh, lives in Israel. studied in Shiva, Rebbe. And... uh we still like when he's here for a recruiting trip or something. Like he'll we'll come like have like not a lunch, but we'll hang out for a while. Right. I try to get him to do mushrooms. He's like, no way. <laughs> and then I try to explain. I'm like, why would Hashem put mushrooms on the planet? Right. If he didn't want you to try him. Yeah, I mean, like, what uh, do you mean? To tempt me, Ari, so I'd be tempted. I'm like that. I I don't know, man. Mushrooms are pretty great. Here's I how I explained it to him. And by the way, Shroomfest is this. Yeah, this will be coming out on Monday actually because I have nothing in the bank. Um, Shroomfest is next weekend, everybody. Ooh, where are you going? Saturday, for it? Sunday, Monday. Uh, I will be camping in the desert. I'll be camping. No, not Joshua Tree this year, although it's a great place to do it. Right. I'll be camping in the woods. I think this year. Last year I did it in uh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, we climbed Arthur's Seat. I've been craving a mushroom trip. You've taken it before. Oh yeah. Love so this mushrooms. is what I told my friend. I should say I love my. I've had I've had some great life changing experiences, some good epiphanies, and I've had some miserable times. What do you mean? You mean what was the life changing experience, or what were the miserable times? First, what was the miserable times? Well, the, the miserable. I, I took him in a bad environment a couple times. It just was horrible. Explain. Okay, bad environment. Yeah. Like twice, what I did was I was just in my apartment on a bender. On a booze bender. Like booze, just on a bender, just taking whatever I can find in the apartment. And then at some point, at like four in the morning, you're like, "Oh, I have these." And that's the wrong time for right. mushrooms. Then you're just up and you just want to go to bed and it's just the worst. Yeah, a lot of times, I'll stop you for a second. A lot of times people go like, well, it's got to be the exact right time. Like, It doesn't have to be no. the exact right time. It just has to be not the wrong the time. The exact wrong time. Yeah. Just and, don't do that. Don't yeah. do it with your enemy. Right? Yeah. Your, yeah, exactly. And the last time I, I, I did it with a, a chick the last time and it was just kind of like uncomfortable. That and you that wanted to hook like, up with? I don't even know if I did beforehand, but once it was just like a bad vibe. It wasn't great. You got. Um, I wouldn't mind doing it with a woman, but it's got to be someone I'm only friends with. Yeah, or someone that you had sex with. Well, right, you're fully dating. You can't be in gray area. There's no gray right, area can't. on mushrooms. Oh boy, you take that weird energy and amplify it times a thousand. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, 
and then but I, I've had some good epiphanies on uh, on mushrooms. I recommend them, kids. If you're out there, Shrooms Fest is coming up. Shroom Fest. What did I say? Shrooms Fest. Oh, I added an S. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm making my own festival now. I'm going to compete with you. <laughs> sure, do I'm going to recruit. After. I'm going to recruit these younger kids that you weren't targeting. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking to do them, Bernstein. Uh, Are you Saturday, Sunday, Monday? I'm in. So anytime, not just once, just one once during that time, and then I'll be a part of the festival. The, yeah. This bigger community, bigger community. I'm done. We're eating cheeseburgers in this new community. Oh yes. <laughs> well, we'll, well, see. You don't about really that. eat much on shrooms, but right. Um, well. What about a good experience? Life changing. Oh, I had one. Uh, this was the best one. I went to uh, Phil Lesh and Friends concert. That's uh, the bassist from the Grateful Dead. I'm a big uh-huh. Deadhead. So I went. Uh, I it was. I just took and watched uh, Dead and Company. Really? It was easy. We went. Uh, oh, you went to Bonnaroo. Yeah, cool. Amazing. I never understood why a 15 to 20 minute song could be valuable. Oh, and now you're you... wandering off in your mind on mushrooms. Right. And you're like, oh, when the beat changes. And the cadence changes to a new song. It's like it takes you out of it for a second. Yeah, you get an eighteen-minute jam. You really let yourself wander, dude. You got to start listening to some of the Jerry stuff. You got to go oh, back into that archive and maybe, live it. Maybe. Oh my I god, it was it's the terrible. best. Oh, it's the best. Uh, no, I had this uh, really good epiphany that um, I guess I'd been miserable for a while, and I had this epiphany that like there's a mar- narcissism to uh, like depression and misery, and that I kind of felt like. I had made an identity, so I was kind of like embracing that a little bit. And Mushrooms kind of pointed out to me that I think that was like, in some ways, an attempt to be interesting, and it's kind of a choice. So in one, I just... A miserable thing. Yeah. Then like, I'm going to be the angry guy. Yeah, like in some ways, I felt like it kind of opened me up that I was embracing that as an identity, and that right. that was a choice, and I didn't have to do that. In some ways, that was an attempt to be interesting, and that that's stupid, we're not interesting, and there's no reason to like be miserable as like i also think it sometimes like when you have depression and stuff like you kind of feel like i'm really living like other people like i it's just a struggle for me to be alive like other people don't have to experience this and like there's some you, you kind of there's some feeling of like no a lot of people like a manliness like i'm I, i'm fucking struggling like you guys don't know what it is to be alive i struggle with this one of my therapists was like or psychologists whatever they're called was like the problem is People get an identity with being yes. depressed. Like, this is my thing now. Yeah. And you almost get angry when other people are like, I've gone through this. It's terrible. And it's like, no, you haven't. It's just me. Yeah. And you want it to be your thing. So mushrooms kind of opened me up to like, this. It's in some ways, like, it's come, it, you're trying to be interesting. Drop it. Not to say I haven't experienced that more down the line, but that definitely was kind of like a unique epiphany that I was happy to have had. Wow. Yeah, those epiphanies. My last one think on either Pearl Jam or I took mushrooms two days in a row. Right. On a row, either Pearl Jam or uh, Grateful Dead where I was like, I dismiss ideas too much. Now that I, when I'm dating younger girls too, sometimes I'm like, I've already done that. It's not, and yeah. it's like, I'm not experiencing the joy of dating a young woman, which is this like, this like wide eyed, like int- everything's interesting and unique. And it's like, you should read this book. I've like, read books. I don't need to. And it's like, stop, don't do that. So what I do sometimes I just dismiss things instead of disagreeing. Right. So I had to tell myself, and I've already put it in play, which is nice. Sometimes I forget after the mushroom trip, but I put this in play where it's like, instead of going, eh, what, no, instead of going like, um, let's say it's a, this comedian is a really interesting or really unique. And instead of going, like, uh, no, he's not. This guy's interesting. That guy's born. Instead, I go, really? You think that? Interesting. Because I never got that. Right. How do you, how, in what way do you think he's unique? You know? And then it'd be like, uh, in the way he like holds the mic, I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And so then I can actually get something interesting out of them instead of just saying, nah. Just being dismissive. On. Yeah, dismissive is nothing. 
Like someone else's point of view is just as good. If they really loved a movie, I'm like, what did you like about that? Right. But instead go, what did you like about that? Interesting. I always thought it was really boring. And That's so, by the way, what you're saying with the dating younger, uh-huh. um, I can't even imagine, because I just have so few like even date experiences. But what I've already had is I've hung out with people who are newer to comedy, which is easy prey if you're a creep. Yeah. I'm kind of being funny about that. But you meet people. Women who are young. Yeah, like, okay. w- but what I've already had is like, when I've had that, it's like, I don't want to do this again. I've had this conversation. I've had this experience. It's right. like, I feel like I'm in repeat. This isn't interesting. I don't want to talk to you about comedy. I know how, like, you just, you don't know anything. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Sure. I don't want to play into that. You're funny. Not women. You're just talking about men and women. Eh, not so much. But, mm. They want advice. People don't want advice. Oh, no, wait, no, but ahead, especially, no, no, because if you're hanging out with women who are new to comedy, especially like in when you, you get like, the, oh, do you think I'm, I don't know, you get like that shit. If you're hanging out alone with someone who's looking for you for... So who are you talking about? I got lost in this also. Let's take it back for a second. If you're hanging out um, with females who are newer to comedy, okay. so of course they're going to start, if it's a dude who's newer to comedy, you'll just slam them, just be like, I'm not in, you know what I mean? We'll talk like dudes. If it's a chicken, you got to be nice to them and they're like, they think because they're brand new that something is so funny, it's hard to... Maybe earlier I would have been like more just yeah you'll figure it out or kind of, now it's just like I don't want to have this conversation. I've I've had this with three other people. Yeah. It's like it you know. So what I'm saying is but I'm you're like in to, to them. It's like no, I haven't heard, had it with right. three other people. This is a I new experience to them, yeah. and for me, it's like I've lived this experience four times. This isn't interesting. I don't want to have. So I'm wondering by the time you get to your age, when you've been on that many dates or whatever, where you're just seeing it all is just repeat, and so you're just kind of checked out because you're like, I, I've had this experience. I've gone to this restaurant with yeah. a lady before. But the, but the, I, here's I, what I found: yeah. if you if you will allow yourself to be wowed by their sense of wow, right? Like you can actually like understand again how cool something is. Like I remember a, a new comedian. This guy used to run a pot shop, and he was training with Eddie Bravo, with a jujitsu guy. And he actually got me into weed because I was with Eddie and Joe Rogan. Right. And Eddie was like, come, my student has a has That's a, so funny to me shop. that someone had to introduce you to pot. Well, I had had it a couple times. No, I'm saying I found pot on my own. No oh, one yeah. had, like, I literally went out and seeked it and it became a thing for me. Wow. And it seems to me like you're so pro pot. I don't know how that was in your, it was like it was a voice in the woods and I had to go find yeah. it. <laughs> I got too hot. Anyway. Yeah. We went to this dispensary. And the guy was like, oh, Joe Rogan's a celebrity. And my teacher, you know, Eddie Bravo's here. And, and he told the guy running the counter, he goes, make them each a, a bag or just get them a bunch of different weeds. And the guy's like, okay, sure. He didn't care. He's an employee. And then uh, he goes, oh, what about this other guy? And Atari was the guy's name who was running the And he turned and he goes, I think he's Palestinian, actually. And he turned and he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I may have him bag too. It's just like one other person. doesn't matter. I'm with those other two guys. And then I had like five different eighths on me. <laughs> And before I had a grand that would last me for six months. Right. And now I had tons. So I'm like, well, I can go through this. And then I was in. But anyway, he was new to comedy. He started doing comedy. And he was like, he was like, aren't you, aren't you loving? I was like, hey, yeah, it's fine, man. My, at that point, my career was struggling. You know, I wasn't really going anywhere. It was getting to the point where it's like, you're going on a decade. And this is when people say it should happen for you. And it's not close to happening. Right. Like you're not even in the realm of like, and he goes, uh, dude, you have your name on the wall at the comedy store. Look at it. It's, I went back there. I saw your name. That's so fucking cool. And he got it for a second go, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess, guess that's that cool. cool. Or when you're driving, somebody sees a Hollywood sign. You're like, you live right under that? And you're like, I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's pretty cool. When you go to a dinner and somebody, it's their first Korean barbecue, and they go, it's amazing. They cook at your, at your plate. You're like, yeah. 
I met this girl in Bonnaroo, and she was like, that was just like, you just fill me with joy. Right, because you, you know? were able to kind of ride there new, new to something high. Too. It, right. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. Right. So you can learn from it. When I was taking jujitsu, I went with this guy Brent a lot. We had to do drills and move around. And I was like, I'm really sorry if you have to slow down to, to, to like get me through this. Because like, they're like, you would let, they would put you in a lock and then you'd put them in a lock. Like, I'm not doing it right. They're like, hey, move your arm this way. And Brent was like, actually, me explaining this to you, because he had to, right. everybody you switch with has to make you do it right. Because um, me explaining to you this reminds me that uh, to get the fundamentals down. Right. I was getting the lock up on my, on my, arm, my, sh- my wrist because I was going against worse people, but I really should get it into my elbow. It reminds me that like, if I'm going against a high-level guy, I really do have to get it into my elbow. So that's the same way with certain people. It's like, it's not like, I don't know. Am I explaining this right? No, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I was more dumbfounded because I, in a very limited way I've had that where you're like, I've had this experience and it's boring. And you're saying that you find if you can squash that thought, you can find interest in it and there's still value. Yeah. And I know when young comics are like, is there any secrets? What should I do? And it's like, there's no secrets, man. Nobody's holding anything back from you. Yeah. No one's not telling you how to do it. You just got to get up on stage a lot. You got to do bad rooms. Yeah. You got to do a bunch of bad rooms. I find the most brutal, well, the two most brutal, the one most brutal part of, I don't know if you ever had this at my level or when people are like, oh, I want to come see you. Where can I come see you? You're like, yeah, you can't. Oh, don't. No, it's, it's like, well, where are you going to, I don't, I, like some shitty bar. You're not yeah, going to come hang exactly. out. Exactly. Do not like, see me at an open mic. No fucking way. Yeah, you're, you're not coming to an open mic. mic. I'm going to fail. Yeah. So like, don't see that. Maybe maybe stand up New York will have me back in a year and the, yeah. the Booker will change again and you can come out. That part's embarrassing. When they're like, "Wait, how long have you been doing this?" and it, and there's nowhere I can come see you. You're like, "Yeah, you're not coming to see me." And then there's also just the not getting up every night. Yeah, but that'll sort itself out. Yeah, I know what you mean though. A little bit of frustration is like, ah, oh, come on. To me, this is what holds women back in comedy more than anything. Right. And if there's any truth to, and I believe there is truth to, like women aren't as not women aren't funny, because then it's like too much of like a, an extreme. Like all women aren't funny. That's how they hear it. Right. All women cannot be funny, which is just not true. When they say women aren't funny, it means like the things I see on TV, the women aren't as funny as the men I see. Right. And the reason is because they get coddled more than a man. Right. You could just tell a man, "Hey, fucking idiot, get up." <laughs> but with a woman, you coddle her more right. because it's a lack of respect for women. You don't find them equals. And so you cut. And so when they have a bad set, everybody goes, "Oh, they're there. It's okay. Yeah. You're doing fine." When a man gets off stage and they do bad, your friends go, "Ha ha! Fucking you idiot! Way to fail!" And yeah. You live with it. You live right. with it for two nights in a row. Right. Because no one's trying to sleep with you, so they're and not going to be like, nice. I better get better. Yeah. And this is the same thing that happens to celebrity comics when they don't do something amazing. Right. People go like, "You're amazing. You're awesome." They just right. yes man them to death. So then that's why they're usually worse. And like they don't get good feedback. Like up and coming right. comics. I find with women, they have just as much potential. I almost think. Women do a better job, I see, of like cutting loose in a silly way than men do. Mm-hmm. Like if you're hanging out with women, they're like so much more. I don't know. Men just by nature are kind of reserved. Women will just be silly and loud. I don't know why I haven't seen more of that tapped into on stage because I think there's like a fundamental silliness that they have that we don't. That I think. Well, it is this thing of like, of like what you have to do to, when you get on stage for six, seven, eight, ten years. Right. Is you're learning to be, to let out the actual funny that you are. Right. You're learning to let that out on a stage, you know? So you have to tap into who you already have inside yeah. your potential you have. 
So women have that, but it's not like they instantly just do it. Right, you got to filter. They have it. to work it. And if right. people are telling you like, "Nah, you're good enough. You're nah, you're already good they enough." Don't get and you're that. like, "Really? I thought that wasn't good enough." Nah, it is. You're like, <laughs> "Okay, I guess let's just go out and party then." Right. I guess I don't have to make right. that better. The other thing I, I find years. to really do this, you have to have a broken reward structure, mm-hmm. and that you're not getting something out of life. It, it, you just it, it is so hard Self-motivate. and like brutal at times. You have to really. Like you have to not have friends that are fun to hang out with that you want to be going to the to the club every night to be getting up and maybe doing five minutes. You don't know, like it's on the lower levels. You have, you to, have be what? to. There has to be like that. There's nothing other other things you don't enjoy. So this is what you're doing because if there are other things to do that will make you happy, there's no reason to be doing this. If you're getting an offer to go to a Knicks game, right? Why are you going to no. try and do four minutes at the creek at eleven? Yeah, you know. So I mean, you've got to give up your life. Yeah. So what surprises me about the women that do pursue this? I don't think that they like. But they, you know what it would take for me to go on a date tonight? It would take a lot of work. Monumental. If you're a chick to go on a, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like she'll go out with some rich dude. She can have a good evening. Any? Why are you doing comedy? So it's, in that way, it also becomes harder because it's just like a higher a lot, opportunity a lot of cost. Fail because of that, or fail out completely actually. Because like I found a guy who's going to pay for everything. I yeah. Me to do this. Whereas whereas a lot of men. That's what uh, what's his name's point was in his article. It's like you get uh, he co- he calls them Jews dykes and Jews dykes and black women. He's like those are the only funny women because they right. have this other motivation uh, factor in them. Oh, because they got the something to prove factor. Yeah, or like no one's taking right. a what he quote unquote dyke out on a right. date to the Knicks game. Right. So it's like or gonna pay for all them for the rest of their lives. Uh, right, right. If they're so lesbian, like a, then they deal with dude shit. Yeah. That's so interesting. With that being said, there are plenty of, like Maria Bamford is as funny as you can mm-hmm. be. Now, here's the deal. When I say the same thing about celebrity comics not yeah. doing because they get yes manned, there are some people who feel the hatred inside them for themselves. Right. And no matter who's telling them they're great, right. they go, you're wrong. You're wrong. Right. I know that I'm not great. So right. if you self-motivate, yeah. then you're immune to all that stuff. As an actress, yeah. Kate McKinnon's as funny as anyone's ever been. Michelle Wolf. She writes material all the time because she said once when she started, Sean Patton told her, she's like, he goes, if you're not getting up every night, you are failing on the nights you're not getting up. She goes, oh, I guess I have to. Right. And she's just never shaken that, you know? So it's like, that's just, it's a self, it's an inside motivator as opposed to an outward motivator, which not many people have. I feel like Bill Burr has that inside motivator. Right. Not many people have that where it's like, forget the money. Forget the fame. Right. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is getting to the purity of this joke. Right. There's also just, when you love it so much, you just want to keep crafting. Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter. I don't care that I have material. I want to craft this next thing. Yeah. So, let's get back to Judaism stuff. We're going back. Yeah. All right, let's do well, it. Well, that's because that was from mushrooms, right? From my experience uh, I love on mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah. To, to, to you said what people are Are you picking up mushrooms? My what? When are you picking up? Oh, you need some yourself? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Put me in that order. Put you in that order of mushrooms <laughs> for Shroomfest? Yes. Um, I'm not camping here. I'm going to get them where I camp. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I'll track them down. They're hard to find. I have not had time. a hookup as of late. Yeah. I, but like, I, the problem I just, is you don't look. The problem is I've talked to dealers. They go, yeah. yeah, if anybody asks they want mushrooms, that's great. I give them mushrooms. And then they don't want mushrooms again for six, four months. Right. So there's no market in this. Right. right. It's not like a real demand cocaine, item. Cocaine? It's like all that the guy's going to be back in two days right. to get more cocaine. Maybe even later that evening. Yeah, weed? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, maybe later <laughs> that evening with coke, for sure. Yeah. Weed? It's like, yeah, all, every week you're going to call me. Right. With mushrooms, it's like, it's just a diminutive, it's like, you're done as a client. Right. You're done. Yeah, you don't want to do it again for yeah. a little bit. You got to reset. That's the thing about mushrooms. They will not addict you because it doesn't even work the next day. You have to take twice as much. 
Yeah, I don't. It's just it's like Claire. I don't know. You just don't. It's not also, fun like, in that let way. Me think about this. For yeah, a while. I have taken them two, three days in a row just for Shroomfest. Right. Um, not always. Just once. Once I think I took them for three straight days. We were at a camping uh, a cabin in Joshua Tree, and we just kept taking them and taking right. them and taking them. Uh. But then you get worn out. But um. Anyway, Shroom Fest, July 16th through the 18th, 2016. And my competing Shrooms Fest (laughs) (laughs) is the whole rest of the next week. I'll get Uh, a website going after this. (laughs) um, I wonder when it is next year for the people who aren't going to be able to do it, who are already failures, and I've already said in their head that um, that they're going to fail and not get any. Shroom Fest Primer. Here we go. I wrote a whole how-to on shrooms. Oh, you mean how to enjoy them or how, get to... Them, how to do everything? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't update it for next year yet. Was that like a wiki how? Pretty much. It's this. Look how long it is. Is there a section on snacks? <laughs> yep. What you should eat, when you should eat it. Love um, it. Um, I've got it updated with like the next day, like the flashbacks and you smoke weed. Everything is a little greener and everything a little... So, okay. So, you've drifted away from your friends. I mean, I, at the moment, I'm still, but I'm like, I'm, I've always been weird with my friends. I like, I don't really keep in touch with people. We hang out when we hang out, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, my my crew, my Jew crew, we make it a point to hang out every once in a while, and it's the funnest when we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fun. They're fun. Man, they're fun. David's so much fun. <laughs> um, what are the? Pro- I mean, do you miss? Here's what I missed when I okay. left, when I left the community. Yeah, because when I said it, I was like, I'm done with this. Right. So there's no reason to do any of it. I'm out. I wasn't going to be disrespectful. When I'm at my parents' house for Shabbat lunch, I'm putting a yarmulke on. Right. The, but this, honestly, the same way I would if I was at a, a, a mosque thing. And they're like, now we, now we go down onto our knees. I'm like, sure. I'm not going to be like, fuck you. I don't do that. Right. I'm like, yeah, if it's your custom. Right. Um, the sense of community that I lost right it was really hard so that honestly it doesn't bother me because i'm i'm not that sociable and that almost came with an anxiety of like oh i'm like responsible to these people they they want shit from me uh-huh. so I, I don't miss that at all i don't care you don't nah, not really you don't miss like it's almost like an extended family of people well, keeping tabs I, on you and like nah, which just had good and bad with it i i'm still friendly with those people i was friendly with like if i go home i could still drift through the houses i used to drift through just the same uh-huh and no one and your parents' friend, I mean, your friend's parents were. Like, yeah, I mean, because I'm like friendly with some of my friends' parents at this point. Um, which this is so odd. I, I can't imagine there's anyone listening. Like, there are people. If I'm home on the week, I can just drift through people's houses, hang out with them like adults, and leave. Which is a weird thing. I would appear. I would assume for people. I don't. I would say most people probably don't have that experience. Yeah. But even in not being religious, I could do that just the same if I chose to. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not like ostracized by these people, but that also that could change. That could change because I'm not that openly like, hey, I'm done with this per se. So that could change, but I don't care. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. It is not. Not as of yet. I might change my opinion on that, but as of yet, no, not at all. Yeah, but I'm more of a loner. I like being sure left alone. Yeah, I'm a loner too. But it was this thing of like, and when I would come home from Maryland, University of Maryland, I would come over. Shabbat lunch. Right. My parents were like, just come home. It's okay. Right. And you're really not supposed to tell somebody to drive on Shabbat. Right. You just have to tell them, like, we're having Shabbat lunch. And that's it. Do what you want. Right. Um, I would have to park, like, away from the beginning of Kent Mill and then walk in. Right. Because if they saw that my car, which they would know belongs on my street. Right. Um, they would, like, all talk. Yeah. And that was, like, a negative about it. But it was also, like, it comes from a place of, like, we care about you. 
Right. You're one of us. It's not just that. They're also trying to... Um, they want to create... They have to, in some ways, ostracize that so that there's a negative repercussion for bouncing because they want to self-police mm-hmm. that you're not going to do that. So it's like any social club. If you're a social club and you got certain rules and people aren't playing by the rules... They're just not going to be part of your social club. You've got to have a, a negative rule. So that that's what it is. So like, yeah. if you're saying, "Hey, you guys, all this rule is important to you. It's not important to me," then like, fine. But you know, you're not going to be as welcome here. That's yeah. just like that's part of human nature. It doesn't like that doesn't offend me. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a good way to see it from the outside in. To be like, this is what that is. Yeah. You look at this shit as a, as a sociological experience, man. Experience. You just you're. I don't understand how you can take that and not see. Right. You're just finding that my way of thinking about things are strange. I no, mean, that's just strange. like, it's, yeah. it's unique, but it's like, you're looking at it almost from a mushroom place where it's like, right. let me look at this with no ego attached to it. It's like, this is just it, in a society. This yeah. is what you end up doing to keep your own. Right. You know, I don't know. That's just the way I think about things. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, in you, yeah, you can't see yourself and be like, oh man, a fucking cheeseburger would be better than a hamburger. Whatever. That means more to you than it does to me, bud. And who knows? Bacon, bacon. I might, I might come around and go, "Holy shit! How did you not force feed me these, Ari? Bacon, Ari? You knew how delicious this was, I and you didn't compel me. I tried my best to demean you, and <laughs> right. You're like, I even brought you on my podcast. You'd be forced to have a conversation and get into the bacon you're missing out on. I mean, bacon is the one. <laughs> Forget the the pork right. rolls. That, I mean, that pork rolls, the, uh, the, the, duck? the duck rolls. They were right. really good. They were good, but it wasn't like these are life changing, right? But bacon in general, yeah. I mean... I'm sure I'll get there. You are missing out on that. Right. Hey, man, if I don't eat bacon until 60, I could still probably get 15 years of bacon in, you know? That's sad. <laughs> it just made me sad. You're like more sad. like looking at the... But look at the 40 years you will have missed. Yeah. And you want to even chance getting to 60. It's like when Kevin Meany came out of the closet at 50 years old. Really? Why do you wait so long? I think his dad. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I think that. he was like embarrassed, though. And like right. He didn't want to like admit it. Right. You know, Fez was the same way. Right, Ron and Fez, and his dad died. He's like, okay, there's no one left right. to like. Why am I hiding this? Right, but they were fucking dudes the whole time. Kevin was a little bit, but he was also like, I did a podcast with him about it, actually, but I, uh, but he was also like hiding it all the time and like, yeah, I get that, which is not as pleasant. And then it's like, you know, I'm 50 now, I can live my life. It's like, it's still sad, man. You wasted 30 years. Yeah, I have that with shit. I get that. That that sucks. Um. outside i heard the fly i thought i got in here okay in terms of like uh the loss of community um do you miss any of the foods like chaunt like kugel like Uh, stuff like that that you're not eating anymore um the answer to that is yes and no The, the the big yes is that my diet when I was living at home was mostly just like chicken and meat and I try and be like protein oriented and I've been too lazy to like go out and actually cook that for myself. So I've basically been eating as like a vegetarian. So in that sense, like just in terms of like regular diet, I prefer to be eating chicken and meat. Yeah. In terms of do I sit down, I'm like, oh man, I'm not having Friday night dinner with chicken soup and mm-hmm. and my, no. You don't miss that? No, no. What I miss is like you can't find cholent at a restaurant out. Dude, me and you, we're going to make chillin' sometime. I make I a mean to. fucking chillin'. My dad just we'll gave me his recipe. Beers. I would love to try it. Dude, Friday night chillin'. We'll put it up like uh, at 6 and then like at 1 a.m. when we're done drinking instead of going to some fucking diner. We'll have chillin'. We'll eat some chillin'. Oh. And I'll, I'll sing us some juice songs. We'll have a Fabregan. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> Fabregan. <laughs> <laughs> we're going vodka only that night. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do to, that To honor the, the, the Lubobs. My, my, yeah, my dad would always have that frozen vodka in the freezer. 
Classic fine Russian vodka. Classic. And he would keep his the the uh, shot glasses in the freezer too. Uh, that seems excessive, but I'm into it's it. Like the, you don't want to like, super cold. You don't have a yeah. It goes down so smooth that way. Right. I mean that chilled vodka that Big J got at that that at that bar across the street from the stand. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. We got tequila, I think, which is gross, but right. it was chilled vodka. I was like, oh, this goes down right. way smoother. But like frozen vodka, it goes down like it's like silk. I mean, like silk. We're gonna have a chilling night. Yeah, let's have a chilling night. I'll be gone. I have to go to Edinburgh. I have like a few days left here and then I'm gone until mid-September, but like... uh, Oh, this is your summer? I thought you were here summers and then you went back. You're all fucked up. No, Edinburgh's not in LA. Edinburgh's in Scotland. Right. No, I always thought in my head you were in New York summers and then you've been gone like winters in LA. Yeah, just... just, No, only winter in LA. Right. Uh, Everything else in New York. Right. But then everything else means road and there. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But I'll be gone for six weeks i'm going to scandinavia now i just right so you're letting a new homeless person stay here yeah theo vaughn <laughs> i don't i know the name i don't know he's him, a comedian from la okay cool um yeah we talked and i was like oh if you're looking to go to new york I, right my place will be open all of august and he was like really I'm like yeah man i just want it used right i don't want it to go to waste that's so cool and charitable and of you. you can't trust any of the legion of skanks guys anymore <laughs> dave smith and fucking lewis why did something all they do is fuck up Okay. All I do is fuck up. I mean, Dave smoked all my weed. I left him like an ounce. I'm like, you can smoke all this, but leave the other two ounces I have. I want that. And goes, sure. I got back and it was like every bag had like, like a nug left in each one. Like he clearly went through every one. Like he was trying to spread it. it out like he didn't smoke all I'm it. I'm sure that's how he started. Like, I'll just take a nug right. out of this one. Yeah, I'll take yeah. a nug out of this And it just kept going Like a going. little kid with the candy. Fucking uh, awful. You gotta Fucking love Dave. Awful. No, you don't have to love him. I love him. <laughs> Lewis was even worse. Nope, Lewis was better, maybe. Unbelievable. Lewis trying to brag Who? about how he was better. He goes, you had money there. I didn't take any of your money. I'm like, <laughs> wait, you're bragging about not taking the money of a guy who let you live for free in his apartment? <laughs> who would have ever thought Dave Smith was the worst house guest I would have Lewis. thought Dave would be better than Lewis. That's what I'm saying. But Oh, you're saying not Here it comes. Apparently, Lewis is a better house guest than Dave Smith. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then I let fucking uh, Nick Cody stay here once. I don't think I know him. He's an Australian comic. Right. Um, and uh, cleaned up, <laughs> stayed with his wife, get laid, left me a bottle of Glenfiddich 12. Well, that's why, because he had a wife. Yeah, I had a girl with him. Yeah. He's just more of an adult. I let Fitzsimmons stay with me once. He stayed with me for a couple weeks while I was gone. He in seems my, like in my a cool first dude. place on 11th and B. Yeah, he was like, really? I was like, yeah, man. He goes, yeah. He said he was here for a writing show. And he goes, and he's producing. He said, right. if I can stay at your place instead of get a hotel, we can hire an extra writer. That's unbelievable. Like, that makes me feel even better. Right. And I got kicked out of that place for that. That comedy charity. Well, it's just like, I don't want this. It's so expensive. I don't want going to waste. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so you could let like four open micers camp in that backyard. Exactly. You could make this a whole community for the month. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, so you don't miss the, the, the food. I miss like a good Yerushalmi potato kugel. Oh, that was never my thing, dude. Not your shot. That's two different things. A potato kugel. Potato kugel. Yeah. We're going to put potato kugel in that chillant. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you do that? I mean, that wouldn't be my typical recipe, but for you, we'll do nah, it. Nah, no, you se- could totally separates. do that. Those are separates. No, I'm telling you, I've eaten chillant with potato kugel just in there. In it's it? great. Won't it fall apart? Nah, it kind of stays together and then like it absorbs some of the chillant flavor. It's delicious. Kids, make some chillin' for Shroom's Fest. Shroom Fest. Oh, yeah, it's your holiday. <laughs> By the way, if you're looking for how-to on mushrooms, Google Shroom Fest Primer, and there's everything you want to know in there. Right. It's probably too late to find some now, but it might not be. 
It might not be if you ask them to generate friends real fast. Right. Anyway. Um, and there aren't too many people coming to mind. You can just call me directly yeah. and I'll tell you how to make chillin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where can people find you, by the way? Um, Rob's Newsroom. That's my big thing. It's Rob's on Newsrooms. Uh, Rob's Newsroom. You can find it on YouTube and Facebook. Um, it's like a semi-political show. It's pretty funny. Last one we put out was on the uh, Veterans Association. Check them out. They're cool. Okay, and I'm starting a show called Rob New Rooms. <laughs> and, uh, that's to compete. <laughs> Rob's New Room, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> uh, there was something else I was going to ask you about leaving, uh, leaving religion. Like how you're coping with it. So your parents don't really know, huh? I had think, to have a full coming out party with them and telling them. Yeah, I think they I think they must kinda know. I think they must. I just don't it just hasn't been a conversation. I do have lesbian friends like that and that same thing where it's like they know I'm just not gonna throw it in their face. Yeah. But then at some point you're like, but yeah, but why do I have to like Say boyfriend instead I think, of girlfriend here, or dating dude, someone instead here's of dating the other thing. her. Why do you have to keep saying that? I'm like two months out of my house. Oh, really? When I'm like two years out of my house, mm-hmm. I'll just be like, uh, you know what I mean? It's just going to fall into place. Yeah. I just feel bad for you because I was in the same exact position you were in. Yeah. Here where you I was like this swaying out. I was agnostic for a while yeah. until I realized I'm not agnostic. I'm an atheist. Yeah, narcissism is sex is like the same thing as sexual, uh, like immaturity. That's like religious immaturity. I hear you, bud. Where it's like, do you believe or do you not believe? I hear you. It, but it sounds like you had the same thing as me, where it just wasn't in you, where you weren't getting the same joy out of prayer that those other people were getting. It's whatever. I was faking the funk. Yeah, it's a lot to grow up with if it doesn't suit you, and it's uh, like I'm still just not like out and free from it. But I don't know, whatever, man. I mean, fair. It's fair. It's totally fair. Yeah. Do you have Twitter or anything? Uh, yeah, I don't tweet much, but Robbie the Fire. Um, you can check it what out. Do, do social media was anything? Just the my my show is the big thing. Rob's newsroom. Yeah, I put that out. What's it on? Uh, YouTube and Facebook. I get more views on Facebook, but it's on YouTube. You can check it out. I got to make a website for it. Check back with me. <laughs> you, should make it, you should make a website. Yeah. You should do that. Uh, Squarespace. They don't sponsor this podcast anymore, but they have. Okay, cool. Squarespace. I'll check that out. No, dude, it's cheap as fuck. All right. And it's easy. You don't have to know HTML. Excellent. It's drag and drop. Excellent. That's so what like, I need. I want, I want a box here that says title. You just right. drag. You, you change the, the box, right. however big or fat you want it. Right. I own oh, my it's d- easy. I own my domain name. I just have to sit down to do it. Oh, then yeah, for sure, yeah. man. I mean, it ends up being like 50 bucks. Yeah. All right. I just like, got to do ain't it. much at all to right. do the Squarespace thing. Yeah. I just got to do it. Yeah. I mean, this is coming out on Monday. Why don't you just do it? Between now and Monday? Yeah. Robsnewsroom.com, everybody. Check it out. We'll have uh, old episodes up there. The newest one on the VA. You can learn something. Have a laugh. Check you it could, out, dudes. You should really get it done by Monday. I might just. I probably I mean, will. You should just like commit on Sunday. to just And just do it. it. I think I'm filming Sunday, but I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Okay. Or tonight after Shabbos on Motsi Shabbos. <laughs> I'll make a dull and sit down and do it. Dude, what were your Motsi Shabbos is like at home? Uh, I mean, I don't remember. I remember doing... going like a lot of it was blockbuster nights. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. You see everybody there with their khaki, their khaki pants and blue button down shirt. Classic. With their, with their belt, that, that belt that went like this, like lattice work. Oh, um, what a classic. Just going in and just like, oh, yeah, what are you going to get? You're having a sleepover with your sure. one friend, yeah. eating some pizza. Oh, what a classic. Yeah, you get pizza. Well, you went to the Nut House. The Nut House was mobbed. It was the kosher pizza place. It was right. mobbed on a, Friday, on a Saturday night. That was due pizza night. Yeah. The Jaffa Gate was like more of a restaurant for pizza, but that closed after a while. The Nut House is still open. 
My brother swears it's his favorite pizza. Ah, uh, your brother's. What does he ter- know? <laughs> well, it's his childhood taste. <laughs> um, yeah, Moti Shabbos were fun. That's when it was like, let's loose. If it was uh, winter, you could see a movie. It wasn't too late to see a movie, to actually go to one. Right. Wow. Yeah, those were good times. Back in the good old days. That's, I mean, that sense of community, too. It was like, that's like just everyone's out. Everyone's doing. What's everybody doing? Right. And that might just be like youth, you know, as opposed to like religion-based. Right. You know? Yeah, but I, I don't think other, unless it, it's odd to have community like that um, outside of religion. I don't know why people would be interacting in that same kind of small social circle in the same way. Outside of religion, yeah, yeah. You're right. It wouldn't be. A small you'd, I think circle. you'd have to have that glue. Yeah, to hold it together. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. High schools don't really do that, huh? What's everybody doing? No, I, it's like a, just like a public high school. Yeah, I don't think par- I don't think parents interact in the same way. Like yeah. maybe around like smaller private schools, but that's like going to be like a wealthy snooty thing. Right. I would assume. I don't know though. Yeah. Do you miss the um, that thing you said about the um, having um, what is what's the word for like I have to be here every single day? Oh, yeah, I still try and organize my life that no, way. No, what's that called? What is it? You said it. Was the schedule. Just no, where no, it was no. regiment, sense of purpose. Yeah, maybe regiment. But when people have jobs, Brendan yeah. used to talk about this for the league when he was in the league. I'm like, did right. you enjoy that by the end? Was that like fun? Or we go? And he was like, I actually liked having to get up and go to a place and yeah. clocking in and clocking out. What you were saying about like you had to be in in the in the base midrash right for you know 14 hours of the day. It was like it was like I, I felt good being there. I felt the same way, man. I felt the same way. You know, you have your your learning partner, different ones. I studied with Rob Vine's son for a while. You know. He could translate because he was living in Israel, so he could translate all the uh, the uh, all the um, Ramban stuff, and then we and then I was smarter than him because I was older, and we could like discuss what it meant. Right. Um, I love how there's a Rambam and a Ramban. Yeah, those those mess with you. Yeah. Um, but that sense of like, has that been replaced at all? Like, I'm doing something. Yeah, I mean, I love comedy. Oh yeah, comedy. And also, I I I, I do a lot of reading now for my like quasi news show. Uh-huh. So I've I've kind of just replaced what I'm interested in reading and studying. So yeah, I, I've I've definitely replaced it. Yeah, yeah, comedy. I guess d- did that, where it's all in. Dude, I love your day up. job was so you could have a day job so you could do comedy. It's 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 just become my pursuit of trying to be as funny as possible is the same thing religion was for me. Yeah, just fully pour yourself into something. I'm telling you, like, right every, or wrong, who cares? It's like I'm just going to do this. Yeah, right. and it's like every day that I'm not working on getting funnier, I'm miserable. It's 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 just pursued in the exact same way. They compared it to uh, every day you're not you don't study Talmud, study Gemara. They compared it to a like a uh, a coated um, conveyor belt that was like had like uh, like you know grease on it, and so it was taking you up. Like a thin layer of grease. It was right. taking you up every day you study. But if you didn't study, you're going down. You're literally sliding downhill every right. single day you're not studying. And so it's like that with the stand-up too. It's yeah. not just like, oh, you know, it's like your fault. You are getting worse today. Yeah. Not just not getting ahead. Getting yeah. worse. You lose it. Yeah. You lose that just being able to get up and click in with them and just pull them in. Whenever I hear somebody's like, oh, I took off time for stand-up and now I'm getting back into it. I want to be like, oh, no, I've seen you before. You'll never get back into it. I've seen your type before. There is no getting back into it. It's all or nothing. Yeah. You can't take a year off and get started again. No. And I've seen them before. I know that there's somebody who has a podcast now is doing one like that. It's like, I'm back in stand up and done with writing my book. I took a year and a half off. And I want to be like, 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's almost like conversation's over. Yeah. I, what? Uh, Again, I don't want to dismiss, but it's like I've seen it too many times. I think those people just don't love it the way they don't that love it. We do. Yeah. There is there is helpful in that way in terms of like pouring yourself into something the way I would for yeshiva. Yeah. The way you would for yeshiva. It's like I now know how to pour myself into this. Yeah, that absolutely exists. That you just take that same work ethic and reapply it. I have an uncle that won't really kind of will barely talk to me. He's just getting over it now <laughs> because he came to visit LA with his family, his, his, his wife and his stepdaughter. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, uh, uh, let's get, let's get together. I'm in LA. I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I'd love to. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing uh, tomorrow? And I would call this one before cell phones. So I called, left a message at his hotel. He would call me, left a message at my home, back and forth, back and forth. We just never fully talked, but every right. day, three messages on each of us. And he goes, I'm going to Disney. Uh, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I, I, I got spots. Uh, how about tomorrow for lunch? He goes, no, we're going to uh, this thing. Um, you know, how about tomorrow night? I'm like, oh, I can't, I got spots. And, right. And he was like, you can't take off. I could tell in his head, you can't take off spots one right. night to see your uncle. Fuck that guy. And it was like, no, it's it's not even like, fuck him. He just no, like, so, 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 so sociologically, like you're saying this things, he has no idea that no, you cannot take right. off one night. Here's here's the two things about it. Because then you become it. like these failures yeah. that are never going to get ahead. Here's the two things about it. Firstly is, no, when I say fuck that guy, it's like, no, this is my job. If I told you I was going to my law office on, you wouldn't tell me, hey, you can't get out of work. Right. So he's not respecting what you're doing. Not secondly, respecting the, what the, how hard it is. He's not respecting what it is. Secondly, to me, and I, 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 I got to get back to every night. That's what you need to do. It's like training for a fight. And we're trying to be pro athletes. That's a very high level activity. And you got to treat it that way. And you know the way those people train? Like you want to actually be a professional at this? It takes that training regimen. It's showing up every single night, not taking nights off. It's not 90%. It's 100%. That's what it is. And that's the training regimen. And it's either that you care to do that or you don't. Yeah. You really got to give up a bunch of your life for it. Yeah, all my days were our jobs were just so so I could do stand-up. That's it. Yeah, I was like, just let's go out during the day. <laughs> I can, I have all day. Right, that's on him. Yeah, I was at a uh, Verzi's uh, July third party. Okay, and I had spots at night. Hey, you can eat a hot dog. I'm not doing a Verzi impression. It's like a bad burr or something. <laughs> yeah, and I, we got up there on on Tuesday on the night before. Not Tuesday. Uh, we got up there July second night. Me, him, and Joe Bartnick drove yeah. up. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get there. It's like way, way north. And he goes, Well, I'm, I'm leaving. I got a spot twelve. 12 15 and we're gonna go after that if you want to ride i was like and sleep over i was like oh yeah maybe and then i'll just hang out july 3rd and then come back do my spots and we did we had a great time we had a great time um drank a bottle of templeton between us and just sat by a fire pit templeton's good oh yeah templeton's high alcohol content too it's like much higher really i think so we got blasted yeah nice good for you guys smooth too yeah and uh watch the stars man i love getting out of the city sometimes just putting your feet in the grass but um so the next day I'm leaving. I'm like, I got to go. Who's going to give me a ride to the train station? And uh, everyone's like, why? Come on, stay, stay. I'm like, I can't. I can't. Like, are you kidding me? And then uh, one guy was like, Sh- I don't want to rat, but I had these like crazy illegal fireworks. Like, And he's like, look at all this. You're not going to stay for this. I'm like, I can't have three spots. And like, right. you can't skip your spots. And and uh, one of them was like the owner of the stand. He's like, I'll cancel the show. <laughs> I'm like, no, I need the spots. And like, right. for what? They're not even paying holiday rates. I'm like, it's not about that. Yeah. I have all these new taglines. I'm trying to put it in. I'm trying to get ready for Edinburgh. I'm trying to get ready for a special. I need to do the spots. 
and and then Giannis and and Adrian, they're all like, "Come on, just miss. It's easier. One night, you have fun." And I'm like, eventually, I was like, "You're hurdles. You're all hurdles. Get away from me, hurdles. Get away. Who's giving me a fucking ride?" Yeah, that's what they are. They're all just fucking speed bumps, dude. If you have good, if you have like spots on your schedule, what what's better? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's few things that would ever put. Like, if I have something on my schedule. Like, why? I don't know. By the way, we're talking about funny. Adrian, love her. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's got the best jokes. Mm-hmm. She's doing my storyteller show on uh, July 20th. Oh, that's great. Village Underground. By the way, if you want to get tickets, go to arethegreat.com right now. <laughs> Village Underground. But only after visiting shroomsfest.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's other people, too. I don't know if you guys want to surprise. I'll probably not get Barbara Kelly, Kurt Metzger. Maybe David Tell. That's a killer. Yeah, Adrian, all doing stories. Will about Tell alcohol. tell a story or I'm like trying to get him to? He might c- cancel because he's done that right. before on me. But okay. he said he will. And right. It's all alcohol stories, so I know he's got alcohol stories. Oh my god! I mean, that guy should have just legendary he does, stories. But he likes doing only jokes, so I had to like wrestle right. with him to do it. I mean, he's a comedic genius. He could turn a story into pure jokes. Like sure. he could just do it. You know what I mean? Punch he just up, he'd punch up a story. Yeah. When you tell a story, he's got a million hard jokes in there. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. It was a cold night. It was so cold. It was like colder than a witch's tit. You know, yeah. whatever. It's like, that's just that. The witch's tit. And that's not something I'm making up. But like, right. that's not a real thing. That's right. That's a comparison I'm making. Yeah. It's not a fake thing either. It's just a, a joke you're putting in to spice oh up God. a. He's got to have one does, good story. For sure like, he does. For sure he does. He just, he likes doing his own style. Anyway, whatever. That's what happened when you're as good as he. You yeah. can you can just yeah, do what like, you do. No, I do this. Yeah. Justin looks the same way. He's like, I'm not doing a show. Like, All right. Right. Fair enough. Um. So sense of community. Ah, I think we're done. Cool, man. I think we're done. Yeah. I mean, do you feel these like growing pains of like losing? I mean, so what? So okay, no, not quite. <laughs> there are some things you'll keep non-kosher, and other things you won't. Um. I mean, I've just never eaten non-kosher meat, but like I, I, I've eaten non-kosher dairy for years. You'll go get a slice of pizza. Yeah, which is nonsense, but I've just never eaten non-kosher meat. Wine? You mean, why did I make that? No. Se- How wine? About non-kosher wine? I've had non-kosher wine. I mean, that's a major one. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but that goes back to being like an alcoholic in high school. So once it's right. broken, it's broken. Do you, do you find it weird that these lines you're setting up in the, in the sand are just... Um, just- random lines and not really based on what's worse and what's better yes you do find it weird yeah absolutely what do you tell yourself stop thinking about it yeah wow just wow. like let it go who cares hey there's some, there's some sand with a hole let me bury my head in it but also you know the flip side of that is i guess um no no the, the flip side of that is that i guess there's some sort of a loose affiliation with religion like people have carried on traditions for no reason for you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like all right like i grew up religious jewish and i just kind of keep that tradition yeah there's no good reason it's just kind of my connection to that goofy thing whatever when you hear a story about jews or or israel yeah do you like do your head perk up a little bit that you get a little more interested in it than a story about rwanda um I would say, well, what's what? I, if I okay, hear anything, same exact story. No, if I hear anything American politics or that's like government corruption, that's what's going to perk on my head more than anything. Okay. In terms of, do I feel more connection to Jews in Israel than people in Rwanda? Rwanda, absolutely. You do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. If and, I hear in the same way, also, but, like if I was, if I had money to give to charity, it'd probably go to a Jewish cause or like in Israel or something. You're still locked in with them somehow. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I feel that way too. 
I can't help it almost. It's almost like, what women am I attracted to? Right. It's like, look, I, I mean, obviously no one's worse or better, but right. I'm into this. You know what else I had? Uh, in the office I'm working in, the other day, some kid with like a keeper came in. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm always nice to the new people who came in, but he's a person I made a point to like actually walk over to and be like, hey man, I work here. When you're, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, right. that's your own person. Like, I'm yeah, going nice, to be nice to that guy. It's almost like you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan too. Yeah. It's almost like that, but on a higher level. Yeah. No, if I hear bombing at a discotheque, 10 people dead in Israel. Right. Bombing at a discotheque, 10 people dead in Greece. Right. My mind is, is moving to that. My yeah. eyes are moving to that you story differently. It happens to me, though, me and you are invested in Israel in the sense that... Um, we live there. No, no, not no. even that. Um, you just look at anti-Semitism in world history. The fact that the Jews have an army at this moment in history is good for me and you. Um, and so in some ways that, 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 that literally helps me and you. How? How? Oh, dude, anti-Semitism will make a comeback. It's still, it, I mean, it exists in the world. The fact that we have a place with an army is, is in just in my opinion, good for us. At the end of the day, you might not really affiliate with Jew, but other people will. Yeah. I was talking to my cousin who lives in France. I was like, what's, and that's always been a kind of an anti-Semitic country. Dude, they're horrible there. Yeah. And I'm like, what's it like now? And she goes, it's getting bad. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why is it worse than before? She goes, the, you know, EU. The, the people have freedom to move around. And so she was like, not all Muslims are wrong. And they're not all bad. But there are a percentage of them that super hate Jews. Right. And you don't get that with like South American immigrants. Right. You know? And or, they're also... Or Scandinavian uh, immigrants. They're also a growing, like just a growing group of people. Yeah. So it's like, it's getting bad. And then Brussels attacks happen, you know, years after that, you know, it's like, yeah. So it is nice that we have an army, a place we can go to like bunker down if we need to. Yep. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you associate with them? With Jew stuff? Okay. So the kosher, you don't keep, what else do you not do? You work on Shabbos. Did you not do that for a while? Yeah, for a long time. And then you started doing it. Mm-hmm. Rev. Ryan asked me when I, was, when I told him, like, no, I have to work on Shabbos. He goes, well, can you not, like, do any muksa? Right. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, can you, I mean, do you have to do anything? I was like, well, right. my job at the comedy store, I was working in the cover booth. I was like, my job is taking money from right. people, putting it in the till. And then also, I had to give people the light. That was my job, is to t- turn literally the turn the light on. Yeah. And he goes, ah. He goes, can you do it in a shinoi? Yeah, with the... Uh, the strangeness? He goes, can you do it with your elbows? Point, I'm like, you know what, Rob? I'll, I'll do it for you for a little bit, but then that kind of faded away. I don't know. At some point, if you... It, like, at that point, for me, you're just like... It's like, yeah, what are we even but, talking about, man? Like, you want me to turn my light on with an elbow instead of my hand? I'm not keeping it. I'm not keeping it. But I know what the shinoi is about. The shinoi is about so you set your mind to it. So to right. You're like realizing, rote. hey, I shouldn't be doing this yeah. and I'm doing it in an irregular way and I'm recognizing that it's a holier day. But Yeah. Dude, when I see people on a show at the stand or wherever with yarmulkes on, yeah. I'm always like, hey, what's up, Jews? How are you doing? You enjoying the show? Or I apologize. I'm so sorry if you guys are hearing this. You know, <laughs> I know what you're like because I just associate with them. Yeah. But you know what that, by the way, you know what that um, that real like uh, you have to have sex only for marriage, you know? That results in when it's like the only yeah. reason to get married is to have sex, you know? Oh, you mean people who get like, I mean, no one openly says that, but at the end of the day, we're well, men. Yeah, or even with, like you want to be in a relationship, and fuck. so if that's the only way that you can do it, so you're going to go about doing it that way. Yeah, it's an incentive to get married. Yeah, that results in me saying a uh, chabadnik. Yeah, uh, in a car, 
in Montreal. Jerking off? No, dropping off a black hooker out of his car. Nice. Yeah. Good for him. And you look at that, somebody's like, somebody's like that, that, how could he do that? It's like a rabbi. I'm like, he's not a rabbi. He just, they all dress like he's that. He's just stuck in this lifestyle. That's like a really religious Christian doing it. Yeah. And it's like, and he has these desires. Yeah. He's just he wants stu- to fuck a fat black chick. And he's stuck in his lifestyle, and he's got a kid, yeah. and he's in that community. His entire reward structure is tied into being a religious Jew, and so he doesn't, he's got to go to Montreal. He's got to travel 800 miles. No, no, he lives in, he's a religious Jew from Montreal, I'm assuming. Oh. assuming. No, I think he traveled up there. I've heard about those Canadian hookers. There's other places <laughs> that. Yeah, I think he was just part of the religious community in Montreal, and he just went to the, you know, the shitty neighborhood and fucking got, got himself a hooker, and it's like, you got desires, man. The rabbis tell away. you to do that. If you got to fuck someone, they tell you go find... Find a non-Jew. No, no, I don't know that that's... Well, there's no... There's no Be problem. Goi, come on. I'm not going to... As long as you don't use a condom. I asked my Rebbe this once. Yeah. As long as you don't use a condom, there's mm-hmm. no sin of wasting seed. Right. And there's no sin of... Uh, uh, the Nita. The Nita. Very mm-hmm. good. Very good. Um, which is you can't have sex with a Jew, which is on her period until she's had seven clean days and then taken a ritual bath. Right. Um, so they don't have that law, so you're not violating yeah, cool. that law. Yeah. Do you ever read the thing about what you're supposed to do if someone, if your wife starts having a period while you're fucking? Oh, I don't even want to know this. Just put a put a towel over her head. Finish. <laughs> you're supposed to stop. Don't move in or out. Stop exactly. Just back out. No, not back out. Just don't move. So you're inside her. You don't move until you go soft. It said, "Look up. Think of the fury and grace of God <laughs> until you're soft, right? And then pull away." Yeah, that seems look like up in a way so you're not like filled with any sexual thoughts. Now, is there anything about do the rabbis discuss how close you are to finishing? Like, if you're within three pumps, do they get into that? <laughs> is there any option of just turning her over? I and <laughs> do you remember the story of the uh, of the um, I forget where it was somewhere in I think Babakama of the rabbi who had to sleep under his student's bed to uh, kill there was, a, there was a, a snake or a serpent or dragon that was coming and cur- killing the ch- the. I don't uh, students. remember this one. No. I read it and I was like, what is this? Right. There's a rabbi who was killing a dragon that was coming to, to right. kill his students? Well, the Talmud has a couple of those nonsense stories that are kind of allegorical. They're allegorical. There are not a lot of them, but they're in there. They call them agadita. What does that mean? Agadita. Story, basically. It's just a Hebrew word for story. But that's like a, that, like, there's three, that's like part of what's in the Talmud is like those nonsense allegorical stories. Yeah. yeah. I got to it and I was like, wait, hold on. There's no such thing as dragons. Yeah, yeah. The, what do you mean killing a dragon? I had to go up to one of the head right. of and I was like, what, uh, what is this about? And he goes, <sighs> all right. Um, the dragon is masturbation. Interesting. The students were masturbating. Oh. And it was What killing. a creep. So he hid it under their beds? Hid under their bed <laughs> of a dormitory. Right. You know, and when one of them started masturbating, he goes, aha, stop masturbating. And it stopped. It killed the dragon. Unbelievable. It stopped them from masturbating because then they're like, oh shit, okay, we really can't do this. Right. Because the rabbi's going to watch us, that creep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to find up that, that uh, not Parsha, but whatever it is, that, that chapter. Google, baby. Google, yeah. Dragon yeah, masturbation yeah. Talmud. <laughs> Keywords. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I would probably do it, right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, all right, Bernstein. Rob, Rob's, Rob's newsroom. newsroom. Yeah. Check it out. I'll have a website by Monday.
robsnewsroom.com. You already own the domain. Yeah, I do. Yeah, get it done tonight and tomorrow. All right, let's do it, buddy. I'm, I think, honestly, in Squarespace, I never built a site, but I went to their thing and right. I built a mock site. I just never uploaded it. Okay, cool. It took me like 35 minutes. All right. And I'm saying maybe not. I do this Blue Apron as a sponsor yeah. with those meals. Right. And it shows you prep time and cook time, but that's if you know what you're doing. Right. And if you're not watching fucking, uh, you know, uh, TV some at show, the same time. Watching American Dad while it's happening. Um, so if it says five minutes prep time, you know, 25 to 30 minute cook time. It ends up being 15 minutes prep time, you know, an hour cook time, but it's totally fine. I guarantee you could have a full website in an hour and a half. All right, buddy. Gonna do it. And they're not sponsoring this podcast. All right. So I'm telling you that as someone who's like, I'm gonna call them up and get them get for Shrooms Fest. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. You asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. You're going to be anywhere anybody can see you, or are you still not there? How many, how many years have you been doing stand-up? Uh, I don't even know. It's got probably like six, yeah, I would say. You're about the time where you're going to start moving out of that and start having some shows people can see you in. Yeah. I, I mean, I got to just it, I just got to be up every night, so we're yeah. trying to get back to that, and uh, we're working on it. It helps you out of the house now. Yeah. Just, so you weren't performing on Friday night, huh? Not for a while, no. I mean, if I had road gigs, but those Like, that's one that was holding you back. Well, I think j- just being in Connecticut and not just being out and around every night held me back. Yeah. Because you got to be hanging out. But you got to be hanging out. You got to be out. Yeah, you got to see what other comics are doing. Yeah, you just you got to be out. Talk to them. All right, buddy. So no road shows or anything? Anybody can see you in the next month? I know. It's all right. We'll get there. Don't be embarrassed about it. I said this once to Damon Wayans. Yeah. While talking in the kitchen of the, the comedy store. And uh, it gave me a good real note for writing. He said, write 10 minutes every morning. Okay. Set your alarm. Not to wake up, but to like when 10 minutes is done. Right. So I would set it for 11 and then like get my pen out. So then, you know, so it wouldn't, you know, but 10 minutes. And um, he goes, as soon as the 10 minutes is up, stop writing. Go. Do your day. Because one, everybody can afford 10 minutes, you know, before work or whatever. You can get 10 minutes. You can have 10 minutes. Yeah. And he goes, and two, if you stop writing mid-word, he goes, don't like think about what I should write. Just start writing. Just write, 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 write. Type, 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 whatever it is. Uh, there's a poster over there. You know, I remember my first poster. It doesn't have to be anything. You know, I also have a memory of childhood. I went, Wheaton Plaza was fun. I went to Spencer's Gifts. Uh, those posters at Spencer Gifts were all those sexual ones. Just like write. He goes, at the end of the 10 minutes, you stop writing. You're going to have a thought in your head, and you're going to want to keep completing it. So you're going to write in your head for the rest of the day. Right. It was 10 minutes a day. And I did it for like two months. I was so productive and I stopped doing it. Gotta get back. But here's what he said to me too. And he goes like, where do you, where do you go? I'm like, most open mics. And he goes, oh, mom, don't, don't, do not treat it like that, man. He goes, I did open mics every day for five years. He goes, do not treat it as a negative. Yeah. He goes, we all do them. You're getting up. Don't think of it like that. I know it's embarrassing because other people do major shows. Right. But like shows are shows. So anyway, whatever. You're doing great. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Show it next time. Yeah. All right. Um, last words. Do you have a good a, a good uh, Tom Talmudic? Uh, oh, <laughs> I have a story from the Talmud. I got nothing for you kids out there. Keep listening. Enjoy your mushrooms. Shabbat shalom. If you're a Jew who's thinking of leaving, leave. Oh yeah. <laughs> just get out early. Don't 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 drag it on. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's just more brainwashing. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. out. Yeah. That's why I got so mad at you for not eating that pork thing. That that, that duck thing. I was like, what are you talking about? You're out. You're already out. Get out. <laughs> Sorry if that made you uncomfortable. Nah, we're cool. All right. All right, bye. Thank you.
Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. How many? How much of that did you follow along with? Like, how much of that could you like tell what we were saying? And how much of it was just like, wait, what are those words they were saying? Beetle the Beetle the Shishim, Shishim. It's been a long time since so I remember that. I just remember the sixtieth. I don't remember the Beetle the Shishim, the actual way you say it. There's some crazy stuff in Judaism. There's some crazy fun stuff. That's what I'm planning as my next hour. So I got this hour that I'm recording in October at Cap City, the 19th through the 22nd in Austin, Texas. Um, I'm working it out in Dublin and in, uh, in, um, oh, whoever came to that fucking secret show in Philadelphia. What a fun show. What a great idea. They have these secret shows. They got top level headliners in there. Uh, and I'm working out in Scotland and then, you know, Norway, Denmark, Iceland, London, and then I'll be going when I come back. You know, I'll get rid of that fucking Europe off it. And I'm going to do Chicago. I'm going to do Tampa. Um, man, a couple other places. And then Austin, 19th to 22nd. So, come... Oh, anyway, so my next hour, so after I record this, this will be out, I'll record it at the end of October, and it'll be out in, I don't know, let's say March, April, something like that, May. And then the next hour I'm going to do is going to be all about Judaism. All about the story of the guy who hid under the bed to try to stop the masturbation. All about, um, you know, the plagues and the all that stuff I do with like real... Have you ever heard those? Like the real um, Bible stories with Ari Shafir. I think I did it at the end of Fahim Anwar's episode with like a a Passover story. I did uh, I did once, I forget where, but I did once about uh, the Purim story. Just my real take on it now that I'm an adult coming back to it with like a clear mind. So that's going to be my next hour. All about Judaism. At least religion, but I think based in Judaism. Because it's me. I got I, I to gotta exercise all that. But this hour, not that. This hour is just going to be top shelf American hour. If you're in Edinburgh, if you have friends going to Edinburgh, tell them. If you want to see what an American hour looks like, it's dirty. It's dirty. It's not that witty. It'll, it'll be witty in places, but it won't, you won't notice it because you'll still be like, it's so dirty. You won't notice the fucking wit. The wit. Um, all right, you guys. I guess that's it. Thank you very much to BlueApron.com for uh, sponsoring this podcast. BlueApron.com slash Skeptic Tank to get your three free meals with free shipping. It's three completely free meals. They just You just get a schedule like every Saturday. So I'll be gone this Saturday, you know, for Shroomfest. So I just put uh, delay the order. And so however much money you put in there, it just delays it. Instead of having three weeks, it'll just be like week one, week two, nothing week three, and then week four. Do you understand? If you had... Uh, Unemployment as a as a commercial actor, you understand what that means. Commercial actor, you make nothing, right? So you get your four hundred fifty dollars from front unemployment, and then next week you made nothing. So you get four hundred fifty dollars from unemployment. The week after that, nothing. You get your four fifty from unemployment, and the week after that, oh, you got a giant residual check. It's just did a cable buyout. You made you know forty three hundred dollars. Well, okay, I don't make my uh, four hundred fifty bucks this week, and the next week after that, you make nothing. Give me that four fifty, motherfucker. Abusing the system with loopholes in the law. <sighs> anyway, Robbie, you'll get there. You're going to get where I'm at. You're going to get where you don't believe in any of that stuff anymore. You don't feel any guilt from it. And you're going to wish you had those fucking duck rolls. 
You really are. You're going to wish you had those fucking duck rolls. Dude, I got to pack. I'm leaving in three hours for the airport. I got to upload this motherfucking fuck, fucking fuck responsibility. God damn it. Check his, check his website. That website, Rob said. Rob's newsroom. See if it's actually up there. Maybe I'll see right now. He said till Monday. It's Monday night. What are the odds he did it? I say very slim. I say one in ten. By the way, how great was it to see fucking White Chuck Liddell. What's his name? Brock Lesnar back in the UFC. Manhandling Mark Hunt, a top-level guy. I just wish. I wish. I think he has no intention of coming back. It was a once and done. Rob'sNewsroom.com. I mean, that's definitely not the name of the. Yes, he made the website. <gasps> wow, he did it. He did it. This is why Dave Smith is never going to get ahead because Dave Smith won't fucking do this. He had four days to put it together. Three days. That was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, two days. And he fucking put together a website, Rob'sNewsroom.com. Fuck yeah, man. That's all you got to do. Have a little get up and go. And then, of course, you're going to fail for another five, six years. But then eventually, you're going to be ahead. Look at him with his ill-fitting suit. Fucking Jews. All right. Um, yeah, it was nice to see him back. What I wanted him to do after, after Brock Lesnar, after he won, and they're interviewing him, I wanted him to go like, I never lost. The disease took me. I never lost. And if you were goddamn respectful, you give me a title shot next because I deserve it and go another payday. But the way he talked in these interviews, it almost seemed like, nah, this is just one last hurrah. I faced like a top 10 guy, but not a top three guy because I couldn't take a top three guy. I just want to compete. Kind of the way Anderson did. He was just happy to go the distance. And uh, he goes, you know, just happy. To, that's almost what he was saying. Just happy to compete. That was really fun to be back in here one more time. Uh, this guy, you guys have been great to me at the UFC. Thank you so much for the last hurrah. Goodbye. I really wanted him to fucking go. Let's do this. I'm back. If he finished him, maybe he would have said that. I think he had no intention ever of saying it. Oh, well. You guys, I'm meandering. Ari Shavir's Captain Tank, episode 271. Oh, don't forget. Storytelling show, July 20th, The Village Underground. It's in the West Village of Manhattan. Come, come, bring some friends. I wanted to sell out. All the comments will get paid. Um, episode two, everyone. Losing My Religion with Robbie Bernstein, over and out. And happy Shroomfest, everybody. If you're going to celebrate Shroomfest, I will see you on that side of the world. I'll be celebrating where I'm celebrating. You're celebrating where you're celebrating. That's what Shroomfest is, everybody. It doesn't take place in a spot. It takes place in your heart and your head. Most of your head, not your heart, I guess. I haven't done shrooms in so long. So long. I mean, like, a month. Since Grateful Dead at Bonnaroo. And before that, I mean, it was like a day since Pearl Jam at Bonnaroo. All right, you guys. Anyway, happy Shroom Fest, really. To everyone celebrating, I'm glad you're celebrating. If, this, if you're using this as an excuse to do it your first time, well, man, I'm super proud of you, and I'm glad to be part of your experience. I'm glad to be the one who fucking made you do it, and once you do it, you're going to thank me. You're going to be like, oh, I didn't realize what shrooms were. I don't lose control. It's not this crazy fucking freak out. It's not that at all. It's a good, fun time. And you're going to laugh, and you're going to laugh, and you're going to laugh. Because shrooms are great. Find a good friend. Find a real good friend. Take them. 
You don't have to worry about the right place, but don't be in the wrong place and just have a good time. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Happy Shrimp Fest. God is a concept.